Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. Hello everyone, welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 97 AMG Wing 2.5. I am your host Ed Horner, alongside me tonight, my good friend Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going my friend? Oh, just as disgruntled as I can be about AMG 2.5 now. I'm, I'm no, doing no, no. Everything's I'm doing fine. Actually, and... actually enjoying my time with it. So have I. So have I. I've been having a lot of fun. List building was an adventure this past week to get ready for the show. So, But we'll get into all that. And, of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Good. Thanks, Ed. All right, so it's time. We have now f- officially had the full rules, scenario, points, ban list, and some errata cards that you get to print out and take with you uh, when you're going to events. So it, here we are. It, 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 it's official March 1st, I believe, or is it the is it March 1st, the official date uh, for the new uh, rules of X-Wing? The only gripe that I have is I genuinely do wish that AMG had literally put the tag X-Wing 2.5 or X-Wing 3rd edition on um, because this really isn't 2nd edition anymore. It's, it's as different to 2nd edition as 2nd edition was to first edition in my opinion i think it's a bigger change a bigger deviation to be honest i I think so yeah i uh, agreed no i I was trying to lessen it lessen the blow a little but no i would agree it's a pretty significant change so of course that's going to be the main topic for the the uh the show we're going to go over i mean there's a lot of stuff out there we're not going to go over every little infinitum point change but we are going to give at least a quick summary and kind of our thoughts and do some list building today under the new sets of rules but before we do that, let's talk about what we've been doing in gaming lately. Sean, what have you been up to lately, my friend? Um, I did this interesting thing called uh, applying primer to models. Ooh. Um, now, you know, now two years from now, of course, I'll probably paint, try to paint the models. But at least there's primer. Now when they go on the table, they'll be blue. So now, did, you, uh, did you airbrush these? Is that how, is that how you did no, it? No, no, no. I just did the McCrag blue spray can, you know, primer. So I just did the uh, Death Guard Green. Gabe, I uh, was getting ready to start painting. Um, he got some Deathstroke Terminators for his, his birthday. He got the only he wanted the the Chaos uh, Death Guard Champion for one reason and one reason only. It was one bit that he wanted, which is a little sassy nurgling. It's got its hands on its hip and it's got a little helmet on. That's all he wanted. He didn't care. He could care less about the champion that was in there. He wanted the little sassy nurgling so he could put it on his Mortarion model, which is what he did. Um, but yeah, no, I got the opportunity to, to spray paint Mortarion and a bunch of death shrouds and a champion. And I was really surprised at how well that covers. Like I was honestly expecting it's GW paint. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what I was going in thinking. I thought maybe I was going to use a half a can going through it, but no, it was really good. Really high quality paint. Really easy to do. Yeah. It's easy stuff. Um, you know, my son did, uh, more of his, um, thousand sons. So we kind of did it. He did his with, uh, whatever the gold is. And then I did the, the blue and then my Imperium models. I'm actually doing those in the uh, chaos black primer and then i'll base them blue so i'm going to do those differently just just to see the difference if you're using you know the black as the primer compared to the blue so they'll be my guinea pigs on that but yeah it was it was a nice day it was 45 with no humidity today so it was perfect perfect sunny day i did like that two days ago that's why that's why i primed then yeah and then uh it kind of got breezy after about the second 
second stint on it. And I hate oh, that. Well, it's funny because when I, you know, my son comes over on Saturdays and we hang out and we went to the uh, games workshop store because I just wanted to make sure I had enough. McCrack blue, you know, I have two and a half cans left of it, and but I have a lot of models and terrain and ships and stuff to paint still. So I just wanted to make sure I had enough on hand. Did I ever, did I ever well give as, you the, the sticky tack advice on how to on how to use sticky tack to help with priming those? No, actually, what I do is we bought those uh, figure wands that they have. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. So you can do. We can do six. You know basically six of them at a time and you know you just turn the wand as you go and um you know it's it, it to me priming's easy it's just you know trying to keep under control and everything else and short blasts not big ass long blasts and things and don't like shotgun that. them in the face whenever you're doing it yeah you know it's Filling so detail. one of the things you know when you're looking like when you're spraying the faces and things like that there are times when no matter what you try to do, it still puts too much on because the heads on those guys are so small. Um, yeah, but especially with good quality paint, that kind of lays down. So that's, for, for example, I'll reach up and grab. You guys aren't going to be able to see this unless you're actually watching the uh, the video version of this. I did this uh, Terminator in gray and I was in a very similar situation with what um Sean was had where I had wind and I had I was trying to go counter the wind as I was priming it yep. and the wind just basically blew the whole stream right into his face and I'm like oh god that's going to fill in all that detail but as the paint laid down and as it dried didn't cover a, a slightest amount of the, the detail so I was really surprised yeah it's just you know when you're doing it though and you're not very experienced at it you're like crap you know yep then, yep uh, that's definitely an oh shit moment yeah and then you just kind of you know back off and realize well you know if worse comes to worse, I can, you know, paint thin it off and, you know, and just put base coating on it. And Yeah, you can you can strip it off. Yeah, and not, you know, I'm not going to stress about it. They're not they're not going to be Chris and you level models painted. They'll just be models that I paint and I'm not going to care one way or the other if they're perfect or not. And I'm not that type of person where I go for perfection. I just go for the best I can and stuff. So I'm kind of curious if you get the same reaction that Gabriel had. So Gabriel has gone from, we start all of ours with a, a base gray and then he's built up to like the death guard green and did all of his washes. So now that he's got these terminators, he's, he's working on the terminators and he's like, I feel like I'm being lazy. Cause now I'm like, well, when you start off from gray, you have to hit every detail because otherwise everything's just going to be like the parts you didn't touch with paint are going to be gray. But now that everything's death guard green, he's like, well, I'm just going to wash over it. Do I really need to hit this? And as he feels like he's getting lazy, he's, he's doing well. Though. Doesn't, like, is there... It doesn't matter. As long as it's good on the table, it doesn't matter. That's just it. You know? <sighs> yeah. But he's, he's definitely getting to that point where he wants them to look good. Like he's intentionally saving Mortarion for last because he wants to be building up that muscle memory and he wants to build up the techniques, like the techniques he's using to paint his pox walkers is going to be the same techniques he does for Mortarion's um, wings, being able to go through and get the, the good metallics and doing the highlights correctly. And the metallics of the metal looks good, but it also looks rusted. He's also going to use that. So he's using all of his other models are just test painting so that he can do Mortarion because he's expecting like a hundred hours into Mortarion. <laughs> So ultimately, that was kind of my week of gaming. I had some remodeling done in the house this week, so I've been busy with that and managing my cats so that they don't run out the door and stuff like that with the contractors here. So 
not a whole lot of gaming. Wednesday I did more uh, Project Zomboid and stuff, and um, and then today we did the went to uh, the Warhammer store and then did the uh, you know did all that stuff. So step ahead, you know, and I built a couple X-wing lists too, and went through some not not everything, but uh, Chris gave us homework. <laughs> yeah, really Chris. Did. <laughs> Yeah, and you'll see I kind of did my homework and then didn't do my homework. So, but there's a reason why the the second part of it exists because I don't know what I want to do with it yet. So, you'll see when we talk okay. about it. We'll get we'll get there. All right, I'll get mine out of the way really really quick. Um I missed to the best of my knowledge going all the way back to Nova Squadron Radio only the second episode that we've ever recorded in our histories together. Um, I'll get it out of the way right away. Uh, my wife's father passed away uh, two weeks ago. Um, she he originally lives in Philadelphia. We uh, live here in towards the Pittsburgh area, so that's about a five and a half hour, six hour drive. And of course, she rushed out there to try to be with him before he passed. Luckily, she was able to make it. Um, however, my two oldest did not. Um, basically, she left out on a Friday to go and see him with my two youngest. My two oldest stayed with me. We were going to come out the next day, and he passed away that saturday morning so it's been a rough time to say the least um my wife did not uh come home she stayed outside out there with her family she just came back this thursday we were actually supposed to record on thursday and then she messaged me about two o'clock in the afternoon saying she was halfway home and i'm like well i didn't think that i haven't seen her in two weeks i didn't think it would be a good idea to like Oh, honey, I'm so sorry your your dad died. I'm so glad to get to see you for two weeks. Bye. I've got to go hang out with my friends. So that didn't feel like the right answer. So I elected to to spend some time with her. But we, like, we gave you permission to spend some time. <laughs> yeah, I, I I had to get clearance. I had to get it had to be in writing. You know, I had to take PTO days, but I've earned them, so I think I'm okay. Um, so obviously, I didn't get a ton done in um gaming per se because obviously i've not been really able to leave the house i haven't really like i physically have not gone to work i've been staying here because i had to stay home with the kids and gabe's been going up to the game store and playing games and he's basically been the de facto uh 40k um league which did start it did kick off i do get at least got the opportunity to talk about that so the week after we recorded the 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 show last time uh our super casual 40k league kicked off we had 10 players or 10 tables going on at the same time like so much so that I have to say it was kind of fun. It, it has been, and Sean, maybe maybe you can kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Understand where I'm coming from in this one. There's something cool about walking through a room of gamers that you've pulled all together. And while you're not necessarily on a table playing, you're bouncing from table to table. You're having quick conversations. Everyone's having laughs. You're answering a rules question here. You're making a ruling over there. But for the most part, it just felt really, really good to get yeah. everyone back together and rolling dice. It was so much fun. And it's still going. Like, Gabe's been doing a really good job at least keeping everyone going. They know that I'm coming back this week. But that was, there was like a, I'm not lying. There was an adrenaline rush. There was a moment where I just stopped in the corner and looked at everyone play it. I just got done making a ruling on one table and went, this is awesome. I totally yeah. miss this. Yeah, you know, it's one of the things about it, you know, is like you said, it's a rush, but you know, it's, it's cool because it's because you want it to happen, you know, and like, you know, you set personal goals with it. And, you know, when you do it long enough and you do it over multiple seasons, you know, your next part of it is, you know, your brain will go to growth. You know, how do I grow 
a league? How do I do that? How do I attract new players? How do I, how do I introduce new players, especially in a game like 40 K where it's a very vast game, you know, and it's, if you're trying to get into it, you know, from the get go, it's, it's expensive. You know, you could buy a combat patrol box and start out with, you know, what, five, six, 700 points. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the same thing with X-Wing, you know, when we started X-Wing, you had, you had four ships, you know, and, and then all of a sudden you couldn't get four ships. (laughs) So, so that's, that's, that's where it's interesting. You know, when you, when you walk in there and you see, you know, people wanting to play and that's the key to it is is having people that want to play want to learn you know and want to you know and want to engage with other people because that's i think the part of the hobby that a lot of people take for granted is that idea or concept of you know the community side of it you know we we lose we lose that a lot for me ultimately and all of these hobbies even if you do like x-wing's probably a little less so than like something like 40k but whenever you get into any kind of game that's a a bit of a financial commitment you're buying models you're buying rules you're buying books like all the D &D stuff that i have sitting here whatever it is you want to be able to play it you there's a huge part of this is not a single player game this isn't a video game you can just sit down and burn hours on on a controller it's you need those other members of your community to be able to come in and play so there's something to be said for getting involved into a game that you can actually take out and actually play with somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, the key is, is, you know, what I used to promote is, you know, winning isn't everything, you know, but you do have league, if you have league prizes and things. So I can tell you how we did this one. How, uh, the tagline for ours is uh, it's the 40 K casual leg where the wins don't count and the points don't matter. Exactly. Yeah. So legitimately every person that's participated in, we're going to pull names out of the hat for first, second and third place. So whether you won every single game you played or you lost every single game, it didn't matter. And the only requirements for scorekeeping is you need to let me know who played, who won and a fun story at the end of everyone. And I've collected some pretty fun stories because it's, again, it's supposed to be, I'm trying to draw in those players that aren't necessarily competitive. We've got a bunch of, we've got four, three players in the league that had never played, like owned models, but hadn't played since fifth edition, eighth edition. So like haven't played in the new edition. So we're trying to draw all these. So I can't pretend, I can't even imagine setting that up as a quote unquote competitive league. And then heck half the players up there aren't interested in competitive play. That's the reason why they don't play in tournaments. They don't do events like that, but to be able to get them to play just for fun, where it doesn't matter if you win or lose, you're just there for laughs. That has that, that in my mind is what brought more people in than anything else. Yep, exactly. And you know, the, the focus that I always try to put in is, you know, community and friendships, you know, exactly. I look at, you know, I look at X-Wing as, you know, the majority of my friends, not all, but the majority of friends I have today that I play games with and do things with are X-Wing, from X-Wing. I met them all in X-Wing, you know, because as adults, it's hard to make friends. And, you know, I don't go to bars and I don't go to clubs and I don't go do things like that. And, yep, right there with you. You know, so your your social world is, you know, what you make of it. And, you know, X-Wing was mine for you know, very hardcore for five years. And then, but 
the French, my Wednesday night friends are all ex local X-Wing players or were local X-Wing players. All of my virtual friends, as I, you know, can call it, are all X-Wing players or, you know, met because of X-Wing. And you just can't beat that, you know, and that's what yeah. community does. And and I, you know, one thing about leagues to me, Ed, is I never view, you know, we were very competitive in Omaha. We were very, yeah, we, had, well, <laughs> we had some high quality players in Omaha. And so not only did I, you know, look at building a community, but for us, you know, I wanted to make sure that the opportunity was for players to be good at the game, you know, and uh, to play the game, um, you know, in a high level competitive spirit, you know. That was kind of my under my undertone of the league, but the overtone was just everybody meeting new people. And, you know, there were people that were tough to get along with, and there were people that were very easy to get along with. And I think the people just, that are tough to get along with tend to filter themselves out eventually. Yeah, yeah. Over over time, that does happen. Yeah, yeah I made that realization, too, that you made, like, over, the, over my lifespan, all of my friend groups have involved either my D&D, Magic, or Tabletop Miniatures games. Like, those, yeah. are the ones, those are the ones that have stuck around. I've had other people on the peripheral, but the ones that have stuck around over my lifetime have all been, hey, we've played D&D for X amount of years, or we played X-Wing, or we've played Magic. Like, that, that's legitimately where my friend group circles around. And I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's normal adult things, you know. It's, it is. That, that's for those of us so, that don't go to bars or clubs or anything yeah. like that. Uh, us, us nerdy adults, you know, yes. that's how we do it. Uh, aside from that, uh, I've genuinely been turning the clocks back to 2010 and spending a lot. I, I have beat more video games in the last two months than I think I have ever beat in the last six years. I'm having a ball playing with these old PlayStation 3 games. First of all, I don't get bothered by kids to play an old console. It's great. We've got the gaming PC here and the pseudo gaming PC here and the PlayStation's back here. So And a laptop sits back here. And then everyone just kind of like does all of this. And then I'm able to be able to go upstairs, put on my old ass console and have a lot of fun with games. I think I've beaten six games in 2022, which is not, I'm about to beat another one. I, I had to pull myself away to come down and record the. I'm like this close to beating the last of us. Oh, Siri, nobody cares what you think. There we go. We'll leave that in the show. I thought I'd, I, I don't even ever muted. My watch is muted and she still flapped her Holler, nose. Hollers at you. Yeah. But anyway, so that's it. I mean, obviously I've not been able to get out too much, so I will leave it at that and ask Chris, what have you been doing lately? As you tend to carry this section, you've actually probably played a game in 2.5. If that's only because it... you delayed the recording to today, I got to play two games yesterday after work. There you go. Um, it was exhausting. Um, I, I finished at like one thirty in the morning. Um, we had 15 or 16 people out for our um, casual X-Wing night um, last night. Exhausting um, because the game's so different or exhausting just, because you were, it was just a late night? Uh, it was late. I'd worked, but then trying to play, I was trying to do everything because I, I was chatting. Some people were like, oh, we're just going to play the new points, but play old like dogfighting. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know that that's a good approach because I don't know that anything is balanced if you just do old dogfighting because like 
Sumless, you can make like 320 points in old money. Uh-huh. Sumless, you can make like 200 points in old money. So if all you're doing is playing the old game with the new points, I just I don't think it works. It, it yeah, may not be yeah. it may not be balanced anymore. Yeah, yeah it might not be the correct alert. experience. Yeah, spoiler alert in case you haven't read the scenarios yet. Uh unlike what we thought we knew, dogfighting is not a part of X Wing competitively oh, or officially. So. Well we, we'll get there. Alright, so yeah, yeah. um we played um so I I played in a rebel list. It's one of the things we're gonna talk about in the main segment, so I'm not gonna spoil the list and go into the intricacies of it or anything like that. But I played the rebel list I'm gonna talk about, because I don't think either of you will have done rebels for your homework. So I, I no. did. Oh no. I, I guessed wrong. I thought Sean would be scum and scum. Mm-hmm. But, I, I, and I went I, I went Imperial and Imperial with two different yeah. ideas behind it. Um well I've made a bunch, so it's fine. I, I can talk about different ones. Um but the first scenario we played was um, chance encounter or chance, chance engagement, whatever it's called. I, I mean, I have it open here. I can just watch. I was just gonna say, let's pull it open. Um, I would, I, I would, but I have chance a cat, engagement. Cat on my lap. Um, uh, oh, and okay. You got basically, do- yeah, basically dogfighting, but there's an objective in the center. Mm-hmm. And um, we were chatting about it beforehand, and I was like, I do not know how you can ever score this objective in the early rounds. Yep. Yeah, you, you can like choose to not engage, but range two around the center is such a big bubble. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I three banked my Sheepapede to touch the corner of it just so that he could be my no matter what my opponent did, he couldn't claim it. And I, I wasn't committing. I was just uh, I, like my my Sheepapede was blocking in the t- first turn, you know, it wasn't exactly a, <laughs> needing an interceptor to get there or anything. Um, but the game ended, um, we played the full 12 rounds, and, it, and that's the other thing, because we were playing the full rounds, not with a time limit anymore, and yeah, yeah you know, just one. trying to think about everything, and yeah, it was a it felt like a long game, and I made sure that I stuck in the center. It was against a pull down, um, a black one pull trigger happy flyboy, um, Ray with everything because you just do now, like because yeah. there's no detriment yeah. to doing it now. Um, nope. Ray with Finn and Rose and just all all of it, and then um, a Temin Wexley, um, and just. I had five ships, he had three, and I just trying to push damage through was so difficult because obviously all the upgrades and everything, and I was like, uh, it should be easy. But then I managed to uh, advance Proton Temin in the face. That took care of him. Uh, but I got pulled <laughs> into... be a bit of an issue, yes. Yeah. But basically, somewhere, I don't want to go like, to round by round, but the reason I managed to win was because the turn that Ray got to a point where she had too much stress and had to disengage and not, like stop swooping was the turn after I reduced Paul to one one hit point left. So Paul disengaged as well, which then meant I scored the center. Because I just Ooh. hung in the middle. And then I blocked Ray turning in one turn, which gave me an extra turn racking up the points. 
the racking up with at one point, point extra. Yeah. Um, but the game ended with Paul coming in and Ray coming in because they had to stop me scoring the objective. And he then needed a kill. No, I, I still need a kill, I think. It was really it was really close, but we both had to turn he had to turn in to stop me scoring because if that happened and no one died, I would win. But then he killed Sabine, I think. But I killed Hull. Um, then he couldn't kill Fen. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that was the inter- it was a really weird interchange. But I ended up it was like seventeen to nineteen and I'd scored three rounds of objectives. So if I hadn't scored those the center for three turns, I would have lost by one. But because I did, I won by two. So, Interesting. Good. There you go. Yeah, and I, it it was all about killing and everything. And the second game I played was the um, the salvage mission. Was it where you carry the crates around? Salvage mission, correct. Yeah, um, and that was I played the same squad again because I couldn't be bothered packing it away and getting something else out. Um, but I played against a resistance squad with four A-wings and a Rose. And I just, I was really tired. I play, played really well, and I chased the wrong target for the entire game. It's hmm. the initiative five A-wing that uh, when she attacks, after she attacks or defends, she can spend a charge to get either a focus or an evade. So she's pretty much always double modded. Yep. And right, I finished the game. Fenro didn't fire his advanced proton. Sabine didn't fire advanced proton because I could never catch this A wing. And I'm like, he had an initiative one A wing, which was pulling a crate around the entire game. He had an initiative <laughs> three A wing that was pulling a crate around the entire game. And I kept chasing this initiative five one. And I, I knew I was doing the wrong thing, but I'm like, I, I'm I'm that deep, I'm that committed to it now. I was just gonna say, I'm that committed. I'm going, I'm gonna kill this damn A wing. And it was, it was interesting. Um, but it was a, it was a fun game. I lost that one. Um, I think it was like twenty two to um, like fifteen or thirteen. It was a pretty big gap at the end, and he pushed through the twenty, but um. Yeah, it was just really, it was really interesting because I was scoring my points through killing stuff, but he, I couldn't get the objectives off him because he's an A wing. Like, if I don't <laughs> get him, the tur- if I don't get him, attorney picks him up. It's really hard to get him at all because resistance A wings have got the three bank, which is blue, and uh, the five straight. So you just can't catch them to do the damage if you don't catch them on that first turn. So yeah, that was interesting. Um, I don't. It's hard to say if it was any better or worse than like a dogfight because I don't think you play that list in that way in a dogfight like, no, in, in old so X Wing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, and I definitely think that um, the not being able to do advanced maneuvers hurt because I couldn't turn anything around properly. Mm. Um, yeah, I. The, I played the list that I made was designed to play chance engagement, and I couldn't make it up with skill in this in this scenario on my first attempt. So I've got a ironically you've got some practice with it now, though you've seen what it's like. Well, it's not even it's ironically I did make a list designed for this scenario, like my Republic list 
I think is going to be really good in this scenario because it's a bunch of Jedi who, even the turn they pick it up, have still got the Force to keep them alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got like Shaq T with an auto blaster and the crit droid, so I can always plink a crit onto someone who's running away and they can't block it, so they automatically drop the crate. Yep. So there's a bunch of like cheesy stuff like that that I've got in the list, and I'm like, yeah, if I'd have just packed that list away and played this one, I probably would have won. But I didn't, and and, and it's fine, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't yeah, a competitive you, event or anything like that. As I say, if you think about how it would work in a competitive event, you don't get to switch lists in between. Yeah, and that's what, <sighs> it's really, this is where I want to, we'll get to in the main topic, but it's really interesting, So I was like, yeah, this list isn't great for this scenario, but if I'd have played it differently, I probably could have still won because I could have just bullied for you lower initiative ships and killed enough of them that he was screwed and couldn't catch, you know what I mean? But because yeah. I let him I let him hold like three to two on Cray. Oh, and I, I landed on... Uh, yeah, I killed my own Lieutenant Blint. Ooh. He, Blint picked up a crate. And I was, and it was fine. So it's true. But this is going to be his number one target. It's going to be easy to kill. It's just a Z ninety five, and he can't K turn anymore. He can't do anything fancy. But I could. Um, did I cheat? Maybe I cheated as well. Yeah, I think I cheated. Now that I'm going through because you can't coordinate to a ship. Yeah, so I I did cheat as well. Good. Oh, cheater! But it's fine. It's even more fine because I thought that I coordinated a barrel roll to him so I could try and turn around to escape the A wing. But he had one hit left, and I landed him on an asteroid, which also <laughs> kills him because it's auto damage now. Yep. So yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, but that was really because we both had a ship that could coordinate in this scenario, and you can't coordinate to a ship that's carrying the cargo. So it was trying to, like I said, it was tired. Lots of rules, lots of changes. So there's going to be lots of mistakes. Oh yeah, but, I mean it's almost like learning the game from scratch again. Yeah, legitimately. I, I'm glad we did struggle, and it was a struggle at times of trying to figure it all out. And the game's difficult. Like the amount of time I was there, normally I would have got like three to four games in. I only got two, but I think it was worth that slow down to start just brute force learning the game again. Oh. No, I don't think that's what you're going to be down to. Honestly, especially it was at how different it is. It's going to take some practice. Yeah. But it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I'll talk about the list later, but there's some there's some fun stuff in the list. Um, definitely some improvements I'd make. I don't really know that it would remain the same. But I've been trying to do um, like a video series going through. I've just published the Empire one while you guys were doing your flight deck, and I was just like nodding along. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Not even listening. I'm just, I'm just doing some work in the background. Just, just whatever. He's always you, doing you that. You both bore me. Always. It's not, I, <laughs> not really. You just bored me to death. I'm right done. Oh, good, good. Forty k again. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> um, no. Um, sorry. Yeah, yeah okay. that was good. Um, so I've done the rebel um, search for value and the imperial looking for value videos. I've got scum. First Order, Resistance, Jedi, um, Grand Army of the Republic, and Separatist still to do. So, so 
shout out to the of course dice Eight productions youtube channel link in the description down below if you're watching it or you should be watching it on that channel right now yeah you can um, watch this vod on there as well i normally link yeah. these vods in the uh, podcast now because i'm slowly i was talking to sean about this before we started actually i think this is where you jumped in ed but i'm like i i hate it so much i hate i love making content I hate trying to sell myself and promote the content. Yeah. I I just feel so fake and I, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. I I know that feeling. I genuinely <sighs> do. Just, I everyone everyone who likes it, you guys go and share it. You you show other people with stuff. I don't want to be like, yeah, come and look at me talking because I'm so great. Yeah. And that's how that's how you have to quote unquote catch on is someone has to see you and then they're sharing it and you're like, like that's how the it it reminds me of what it was like in the old days of YouTube. In the old days of YouTube, you didn't have I mean, there was some algorithm in the background that promoted like what videos would would, would be suggested to you, but it wasn't nearly as advanced as it is now. And of course those YouTubers had to figure out the algorithm, figure out how to do their thumbnails in the correct way to get the most, you know, influence over that one at the correct time how to open the intros what target market you're trying to hit it like there is some there is a science there is a legitimate science to understanding the youtube algorithms and i'm just not <laughs> I, I i'm not that in i don't need to make a career out of it so it's not that interesting to me at all i mean i was saying to sean like they're doing fine for my videos for my content i'm for the first time in a long time, I've turned around the subscriber count because I was at around two, two and a half thousand subscribers. I dropped Ooh, below fifteen hundred for the first time in a in a while, and that, the decline has stopped and it started going up again. So, like, comment, subscribe, you know. Absolutely. All oh, right, so we've alluded yeah. to it enough. I hope is that is there anything else you want to fill in before? No, no, we're. we're half an hour in and we've not really touched on new x-wing too much so we should probably uh, all start. right so in case you've been living under a rock i assume this is not the first time that you're hearing this of course but there are new x-wing rules that are going to become a new effect as of march 1st 2022 not officially rules 2.5 or 3.0 but really probably should be if you want my honest opinion so we're not going to go over every little detail as far as individual point changes, things like that. We do want to kind of touch on exactly how points work now, because the 200 point system is now a thing of the past. It is simply a 20 point system, but you also get loadout points per ship. And I'm really surprised the number of people that are kind of getting that are not kind of that are getting this wrong, because I didn't think that it was that difficult to understand whenever you looked at, let's say, how runner, for example, how runner is four points and she gets six points for loadout. Some people are taking all of the ship points and getting to 20 and then totaling up all of their loadout points and just spending them willy nilly, however they want. And it doesn't really work that way. Uh, each individual ship has their own loadout point. So let's get that one out of the way. Um, <laughs> so like it's really difficult to, like there's no even real comparison really to what the old points were to the new points it was interesting because i did do a little experiment to go back and look at some of the ships what was this ship's cost before in 2.0 and what it is in 2.5 and they do kind of come out to like a 10 percent. like a 41 ship is now a four point ship but a 48 point ship is kind of a five point ship it did kind of work out that way but how they calculated the loadout i have no idea 
that one I can't quite figure out. And what's interesting because it's not just the loadout for the upgrades, each individual ship gets their own individual upgrade bar as well. So a lot of double um um they're they're not they're not elite slots anymore. They're talents. Talents, thank you. I was I was drawing a blank. I don't know what so like some ships are some a lot of the ships in like the squads that I have now have two talent slots. Some of them have multiple uh, modification slots where they didn't have them before. So it's really been kind of interesting. Like so as when Chris alluded to the fact like this is really a gigantic change from 2 to to two five. It really is. There's a there's a lot to kind of intake here in individual ships. But building the lists, I don't think is that hard once you get once you get the uh you get your head around it there is an easy button and i would like to mention this right now if you go to yasbgasby.app the folks over at yet another squad builder have already have a squad builder that is equipped with this one i don't say this often this is not sponsored nobody asked me to do this but i would suggest with all the work that was put in since we know that amg is not going to be putting out a squad builder this is the only one that you have to, to kind there's, of go off of. There's like app based ones, there's like launch bay next. There's a couple there are options, but this is the one that's this is the, the web based one we all use. So yeah. Right. My point being whichever app that you are using, they all have a donate button. Kick over a few bucks to those folks for putting in all the hard work to getting this out there to you. I did it myself. I highly recommend everyone do it because there is a lot of work here that went in for an application that is absolutely free to use. So there, I'm off my soapbox on that one. Anything else you feel like I should touch on on as far as the 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 points? Since we're not going to be going over individual ship points because that would be that would be a long show, It'd be a really long show. Yeah, I did a summary video so I can hour long. I can link that, in, and I do plan on putting it on the. Um the audio version on um patreon and the um what's it called uh the dice hate podcast from soundcloud so if you mm -hmm. are subscribed to um the the podbean version that is just lack of focus you won't get the notification about it sorry but it will be on the lack of focus patreon page free it's like just extra content for you to consume from the so. one final note on that on the ships and the points they are now broken down of course into standard and extended um and of course there are some that are going to just kind of flat out be banned now they are banned for a reason which we'll get to here shortly um either they broke the golden rule of modify of looking at dials before they happen um or there are other reasons why those uh those things are banned so, and then uh, the other thing I want to touch on real quick, upgrade points are still kind of the way they were before. Um, there are some changes, um, but as far as the points cost for the upgrades, uh, they seem to function the way that they used. All right, yeah. that's points. Woo, done. <laughs> All done on points. So let's get into some of the fun stuff. Where would you like to start? Would you like to start with scenarios or would you like to start with other stuff? Um, I think just like stressing the um, the bump rules i think is a good place i do have some anecdotes from my two games experience now that's mm -hmm. like oh 24 rounds of x-wing we played um, more than some have gotten before they made judgment calls i'll it, say that so for people who have been saying like swarm plays dead and stuff like that i was thinking about and chatting about it the other day and i 
one of the things I said is that I do think that I would still take the risk for like a friendly bump given the correct circumstances. And yeah. in the game I played against Resistance, I had Blaint again on one hit point left, and I deliberately collided him into the back of Sabine, um, risking just killing him. Because if I didn't kill him, I blocked one of the sweep options for Ray, and it was like to trap her where I needed to be to start doing damage to her. And I didn't die, and it all worked, and it was fine. But like, yeah, I, I, before it wouldn't have even been any choice. You just do it because there's zero consequences. And now it actually being a choice and a risk felt good. Like maybe it felt good because it worked. But like I was talking about it as the game was as as I was doing the maneuver, I was like, this could be really bad. But like one, if I do it and die and guess right, I think that's worse. You know, <laughs> like if I do it, die and guess yeah. wrong, I'm like, oh well, it wouldn't have mattered any. I don't know which one of those two is worse, but you know, like it but yeah. Basically the the rules for collision for overlaps now. Uh if you overlap a friendly ship you roll a dice and you have a 50 50 chance of taking a damage if you bump into an enemy ship you um, can do a red focus or a red calculate action depending on what's on your action bar and then you skip your perform action step so and there's like caveats in there that you can't perform any other actions all of that kind of stuff but um yeah it was really interesting um bumps it's the most important really... part about bumping you can now shoot at range zero. Well, that's an, an attack rule then. Oh, uh, okay. Fine, fine, fine. But yeah, so that's in the attack range section they did add in about the range zero attacks. Um, I'm not going to go into it, but it was because they left the part in that was to stop you from shooting um, when the attack range was range one. So uh, if you were um, Major Rhymer, for example, you could fire... Um, and if I, the major ram is where the argument came from, but basically, if the attack, if someone bumped into a side of you, so when you measured the attack range out of arc, it was range one, not range zero. You used to not be able to attack because it just because it was a range one, you were still at range zero. Yeah, but because that sentence says that you can't attack when that happens unless you have an ability, then people were not doing it. Um. So now people are trying to say that because that's still in there, even though two lines above it, it gives all ships the ability to shoot at range zero. They're trying to say you can't shoot at range zero. And it's, yeah, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Thanks for making me wish that I'd never done the rules question group, folks. <laughs> it was a fun day today. Oh, God. Uh, it's called Live and Learn, Chris. Live and Learn. Or but, careful what you wish for. R- r- rules groups, I think, are the worst groups ever. But and generally... I know that I know it from experience because you basically took it over from me. <laughs> uh, well, this was a group that I made to try and free up pressure from the group that you made, and because people were getting a bunch of it was just filled with rules questions all the time, not actual event organizing questions. Right. And then the TO group's been like dead. Just no, no one posted anything in it for years. So I don't know if they just all made a different group and didn't invite me. It's fine, whatever. <laughs> I've got enough friends. 
It may yeah. have something to do with they haven't really been a ton of official events. Oh, this is from um, well predating is, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is from the group that I ran that basically it when was I a stepped group. away. Yeah. yeah, it was a hidden group, but it started getting people in it that we didn't need in it, and it just got bad. Yeah, it, anyone who had a rules question was getting like the friends, the local TO to invite to a group so it could ask a rules question. And, like, right. The entire group was just a, ended up being about rules questions instead of like yeah. TO and events. Yeah, I'm running a 60 person event. I've never run of an event this big. Anyone got any tips kind of thing? Right. Uh, and like I was what like, it was supposed to be. Yeah. And like talking about rulings between TOs is different to people who've got an agenda because they want the combination to work talking about it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You know what I. Anyway, we don't need to yeah. drag this yeah. down it's fine. with that. But... Yeah. 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 But that <laughs> that was my life for a little bit today. And I go through phases. I I, I absentee parent a group quite a lot now because <laughs> people are generally pretty good. I don't need to like moderate the group anymore. But obviously in the last week uh, there's been a bunch of changes. So I just try and make sure I'm responding quick enough with the screen grabs of the actual rules re reference guide, try and keep it flowing. But Sometimes you get dragged down. So yep. whatever. Um yeah, I forgot what we're talking about. But yeah, so that was attacking at range zero was a thing now. Um you roll your basic number your printed attack value and you can't modify your offensive dice unless you have force and then only for default effect. So we had a couple of opportunities for range zero shots, but never took them because it was always a better shot to take. Um, that was in both of my games. I think I don't think there was a range zero shot in two games. I was kind of curious to see if that had happened yet or not, to see if it actually just, came into play. Well, you had other stuff in your attack arc, so why would you take the shot that you can't modify? You know what I mean? Right. Good question. You, you're not doing it. You're not bumping on purpose to try to get a shot, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, then scenarios are huge. I think that's going to be... A, a show of its own kind of thing. I've definitely, I probably <laughs> need to actually do one show, one, one scenario per show kind of thing. Um, I, I'm down for that. I think that'd be fine. And actually, the if we do it, we need to plan. Yeah. Yes. I, I definitely yes. think we need to actually get games in to talk about the scenarios because they're so, they're so, they're, they are very nuanced. Yep. Um, one good thing I did see, if I remember, um, I'll dig it up, but there was a, I, I saw it in the UK and Ireland Facebook group. Um, someone had done um, a map with the actual zones where you can place the objectives because the wording's a little bit FFG style, which is to say there's words there, a lot of them. Because <laughs> um, you, one's, there's always one in the middle, and Ryan Farmer did like an old way. So if you're getting a map printed, you can place this over the top of your image and it'll print the center token on it. It's just like a gray shadow space, so you know where to put it. Ooh, uh, which is really cool. I and like right, that idea. Yeah. So if anyone's getting a map printed, make sure you check that out. That's on the Fly Better group. Um, and kudos to Ryan. He did a bunch of stuff where he just like giving out free content to like the community in the last week or so. Um, but then 
from that, you place the next objective gets placed within range three of it, not within, at range three of it. So that's different to within range three. It is. And it has to be at range, oh, between ranges um, two to four of either your table edge or the enemy table edge, and it's stated as you're doing it. So it gives you a donut, but then there's like a cutout of it, because you can't go beyond range four. So there's like a hollow section and the donut, and it it it's pretty interesting to look at. But basically, every game I've seen has had some form of cross, but like some of them are shallower than others. You can do, or I think there's scope to do some funky stuff. The interesting are, thing, oh, go on. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, how are your groups handling the half range? Um, I can only speak for setting up my game and. I didn't have the correct token. I was using the new Blaze Bomb token. And we was like, if this is the wrong size, whatever, it's the wrong size for both of us, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just eyeballed it from range five, ruler, like, between range four and range five. So I put my range three ruler and my range two ruler together and tried to make the center of the token be r- roughly lined up with the center of the last range band. Um, I'd love to know what I'd love to know what the line of thinking was on that. Like, it, it, that's the one thing, one of thing that jumped out to me that I was like, "Now that's interesting." Range one's too short or too too close. Range two because too of the far size away. of the map. Yeah, and it's, I get like, the, the maps are made in um, a measure like a, a unit of measurement that isn't range bands. Yeah, and I get like, that. I, I understand that. It so, was just a weird decision that, like, one and a half. Like, were I designing X-Wing from the ground up, I would have made made it range five and just made the map bigger yeah. by half yeah. a range band each around the edge. Because then, be is... then if the center of the table is range 4.5 from each end, then that's where it, the center of the table is. You have no control over that. Yeah. I... <laughs> The, that's the one thing when I was I was talking with a couple of folks from our local game group. That's the one thing they're like, well, what the hell is range 1.5? Like, they go give to the you, back they, of the scenario thing, they give you tokens to print out. That's what range 1.5 is. So one thing that yep. um, a bunch of people said was that they preferred um, printing the sheet on some, like, not just flimsy, like, coffee paper, but some, like, heavier stock paper and just weaving it at that. Or maybe the thin stuff on laminating it because I was going to say, or you let, that's, what, that's what I did. I, yeah. I, I printed it at work and then laminated them, but I got the hard yeah. laminate, so it's like yeah. almost like a hard plastic. But, um, and you just get some double sided tape because then you can overlap them because they, they found that there was a bunch of overlaps when you were playing those five token scenarios. Because you're mm. focused on them, your ships are closer to them. It's not like when you're trying to stay away from the asteroids. You're actively right. trying to get close to these tokens. So Correct. having that lower profile was actually a benefit, mm, which was point, really, really interesting, especially because I went to Curlpaw Creatives and ordered their um, scenario pack thing, which is all of the new tokens with a 12-round Death Star-style turn counter. Nice. When it's coming around Yavin and you see the... Uh, where, where where did you order that from? Curlpaw Creatives on Etsy. I've ordered, um, they're the people I ordered my streaming tokens from. 
some of the big chunky okay. tokens if I'm ever streaming live X Wing. Um, but I'll sh- I'll shoot you a link now. I think I can probably do. I that. remember those big ass yeah. tokens. Yeah. Um, but they've got a scenario pack available. Um, that was quick. S- squadron, yeah, it was. squadron scenario acrylic battle pack X Wing compatible. Um, I'll yeah, shoot that through and, and yeah, I'll throw it up in X Wing talk right now. Along with the link to my Imperial video. Um, but yeah, the um, it's, uh, it's Andrew Knuckles. You can use code Jabba for a 10% discount because uh, they sent me Jab- the coupon. I got the coupon code Jabba the day after I ordered it as well. Gutted. So if, if anyone's listening and that code doesn't work, I have no idea if it's a one time use thing, but you know, 10% off code Jabba. We'll see what happens and how much Andrew hates me for costing him ten percent. I paid the full price, Andrew. It's fine. <laughs> the um, full price. But yeah, the um, if you have a look at that Battle of Yavin Rain to that looks really cool. I I really like it. I like the I like the range rulers. Those are cool. Yeah, I went for just the range um one point five ruler because it's got a range four point five ruler where it's magnetized, so it's a normal range three. Yeah. And then there's a range two with the extra. So it's a range 2.5 ruler, but they magnetize together. So you have a range. Oh, it's a 1.5. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I uh, I just went for a 1.5 on its own. I didn't need the uh, the, the big one. Uh, but yeah, that, that's cool. Um, the turn marker's badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan. Oh, obviously, I paid my my own money for it. No, no sponsorships for this show, unfortunately. I'm gonna. I will show for any of you, <laughs> you and I'll drag these two down with me. It's fine. <laughs> filthy whore. Yeah, I and I'm proud of it. You know, you as well. You should be as well. <laughs> you should be. Um, no, those are pretty sharp. Okay, so yeah. that count. That- I mean, we're just rambling about stuff. I think I've lost the train of thought three times since we started. That's okay. So So the only thing that this says to me, I did want to, on the scenario ones, um, because they have quote-unquote paper tokens that you can print out, this to me indicates, I would hope, that at some point in time, new starter sets are going to come out. Because they're going to have to. Um, If you were to buy the starter set right now, the rules in the starter set do not match the rules of the game. So it's almost inevitable that there will be announcing a new starter set. So since the guys over at AMG are using our podcast and taking everything we say and say, hey, that's a great idea and printing it, as we have proven in the past, standard is now a thing, scenarios are now a thing, I take full credit. We, we take full credit for this. AMG, listen to me. Produce more than one starter set. Produce one that's Imperial versus Rebel. Produce one that's First Order versus Resistance. Scum and who? Do you want to know what I think they will actually do, or what I think they should do? I'm 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 all ears. I don't think anything like this will happen until 2024 or whenever the license is up for renewal. Because obviously, really. I what well, I don't I can't remember when it is, but I know that it's not not too far in the future. So I would, if I was AMG, I would not develop a new core set because like I can't get it released before like it would be in development, and then they like they might just pull a license and then I can't release it. 
So that, 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 I, all right. I, so I, that's no, a depressing thought. No, I hadn't I thought about no, that. I know. And I, that's not what I want to focus on. But what I would do is I would do um, the squadron boxes would become my starter sets. And I would have like a 10 book like um, token set. So it has your, your generic damage deck, your, your dice. So you get like no shit. Do you think that they need a new printed rulebook that includes the scenarios in it though? I mean, because again, well, no, but so... that's what I, you can put that in this pack. Okay, okay. As long as we're on the same page. Yeah. But I wouldn't have, because I don't think you want to do multi faction starter sets anymore. Like, I was looking, so I mean, this is just a random one. I'm, I've still not managed to open it yet. I've had it sat on my desk for a week. But um, the new well, new way Malifaux does starter sets is you get a faction starter box, which comes with a faction deck, scheme markers that the game needs, and a measuring tool, and four pre-assembled models. That's another way to go. So you just I buy still... your faction thing, and it has your faction stuff in it. And I know, the one thing that I love the, the way, and maybe this is just old-fashioned, you know, FFG Ed, who loved the way that they did the starter sets. The one thing that I loved about that is it could sit on a shelf, you could pull it off a shelf, and you have everything to play for two players. Now, do I agree that you're right? I could just did, as easily have did two. You though, did you have everything you need for two players? For a small game, sure. How what, many damage what? decks did you need? Oh, fair point. All right, like you, that's You fair. have everything you need to get a taste for what the game might be, almost. All right, that's fair. That's fair. And I, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with what FFG did. I just think no. that if you want it to be a miniatures game, that you can't do it like that anymore. No, I no. and I agree. So while I was more inclined to say do the dual ones, I'm now leaning more, as, as often is the case, I have an idea and Chris shows me the light and says, no, you're wrong and let me show you why. You're right. Faction specific ones would probably be better because if you just had three ships that came, three or four ships, whatever the whatever yeah, it came like, to be. If, if you think about faction, it like... Uh, yeah, I, w- I would probably not use the current squadron boxes. I would make, use it as an excuse to do more squadron boxes, though. And right. I would package the damage deck and um, the range rulers and everything together mm-hmm. and do it as like the same price or maybe even slightly more expensive because you get one person's going to use everything now. Right. But that's what I would do. Yep. No, I'm on board. I agree. All right, um, so since we're going to cover over scenarios individually, let's just say that we know that they're a little bit different, and we're going to go over those as we sit down and play them. Do you want to talk about the band list? And um, so one thing I do want to touch on, all? the only thing I want to say about the band list, um, sorry, Sean, uh, is that uh, this is for standard play, apart from, and Matt, you'll like this, because uh, it was mocking me all all night last night after I pointed out his mistake. But um, the Delta 7B upgrade card is banned from all types of play because it is its own ship now. So I don't think they should have put Delta 7B on the upgrade card. I think there should have been a separate, sorry, on the ban list. I think there should have been a separate entry for it. So I think there's potential for confusion there in that if you're playing extended, Everything else you can just use whatever, do what you want. But the Delta Seven B, you can't because there's some weird interactions where, because of the variable upgrades, the standard Delta Seven A for sprites that could take the Delta Seven B config previously, if you're playing extended, still can't because it doesn't exist. The card just 
anyone who's got a Delta 7B config and doesn't understand how this works, just hurry up, print out the new cards from the Errata <laughs> document, because there are Delta 7B ship cards now. It's its own ship. It is not an upgrade to the Delta 7. And if you intend to tear those up, please, by all means, film those and maybe even burn them and then post you, those on no, YouTube. Don't, so don't burn them because what what happened is it, what happened to Ryan Farmer when he jokingly burned one of his like 27 copies of Sense because Sense is on the ban list. It, so before the rules came out, Sense was confirmed on, on stream as being banned. So jokingly, Farmer set fire to one and then someone took the picture they'd done, put it into black and white Schindler's List style, and was like, yeah, the Nazis burned, burned stuff too. <laughs> I, was okay. I was thinking more cool. along the lines whenever people went from first edition to second edition, no. they, you saw the people that were burning all their cardboard. No, but I'm sure that's the way that Ryan meant it as well, but you know, mm -hmm. don't put it past people with a different agenda to you to... Yeah. Um, yeah. Take what you you know, just the world we live in isn't always a nice place. Context no matter no longer matters. Thanks, America, for that, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I love America. <laughs> Genuinely, I love America because I had to apply for my ES my ETSA. I've got it here. I've got approved. I've got two more years of being allowed in the country. We'll make sure I hold it over here so it's not in focus, you know? Yeah, and so nobody can see the important, you know, you're not doxing yourself while you're at it. Oh, I mean, all I believe if you like Google Dice Hit Productions, my address is on there anyway. Whatever, <laughs> you know, send all expos if somewhere else, please. Please. So I did want to touch on like, I thought it was this was the right solution. If they were going to quote unquote errata or changed the way cards functioned in the game, as opposed to having some document a PDF file that you had to go through and reread all of them. They just went through and printed all new cards for not only pilots, upgrades, everything. And legitimately, it says right on the paper, these printouts are intended as in replacements for eroded components and are legal for tournament play. My question to that, because we did hear, you know, they couldn't do when when another company was producing this game, we kept hearing we can't do that. We can't errata cards, and yeah. that's why second edition came into being, which now to me makes me feel, hmm. I may. I was, yeah. was going to bring this up, Sean. Actually, you're kind of touching on a point because I wanted to talk about the Nantex. All of the Nantex have been errated to include the word fully. So, to do all of the Nantex tractor beam shenanigans, they have to fully execute their maneuver now. And that was one of the, the changes that FFG were it still works as intended so we can't change it well looks Which like can. amg did something better than you then doesn't it and that's I mean, that's, a, that's I, a i'm not i mean i i have beliefs on this but i'm not gonna err them because i don't don't think it's in good taste but um yeah no need to ruffle feathers no not, it's not even that it's just like I, it i can't say that i'm wrong it's all supposition so Right. What's the okay. point of saying it, if you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. it, but just the fact that it has changed, I don't know. Like, shoot, even the most most ardent AMG hater has to concede that point that Nantex being errated is a good thing. 
mm-hmm. and it's something that never would have happened under FFG. So right, because they flat out said they couldn't. <laughs> anyway, you know, well, okay. you know, what, what I do want to add onto that. You know, it's I, I just think it's the quickest and easiest way to make the game work better. You know, it's sticking it in a an errata sheet that you have to have with you at every tournament. It's like, uh, yeah, just, just give me a PDF of the right way to do it. So it's on my card. So it's at the table, it's on the table. It's easy for me to figure out instead of this, you know, it's frustrating when I see this now and for the, you know, five years of BS that we got Uh with the answers, you know, we can't do that. Well, obviously you could. I it's mean, just... what I will say, Sean, is because like none of us know for sure, and we probably never that. will. But what I would, I would what I would add is that maybe this is they had one, you know, they had the one chance to hit as many things as they could with carte blanche because they got to go to Disney. Oh well. We're, we're trying something different with the game, so we want to make all of these changes. After that, it should settle down. So maybe AMG might become locked in in the same way FFG were. And I, I hope not. Don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? I hope that I'm wrong and that statement is just false. But yeah, but, but right, my I, whole giving th- them a benefit of a doubt, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get that. But really and truthfully, when you look at the reality of it, and, and that's that's more what I'm talking about here, is... When I look at this and and I say, okay, so you told me you couldn't, great. But at the same time, it's like all it is, and I think part of it, Chris, and and was the golden was the golden whatever process that they used. That once it was done, it was done. You couldn't do anything else with it. And to me, it's like, yeah, but you know, in reality. You can't always change it. You just send it through with the next set of ships you're sending through for Lucasfilm to approve. All you're doing is changing the way a card reads. You know, it's not like you're changing the whole game. Hmm. You know, that that's where I'm coming from. You know, it's you have a process that every X amount of months you're sending cards for approval to Lucasfilm, which is what they were doing, and that was that golden golden process, whatever they called it. Why couldn't they have just sent the erratas at the same time and said, hey, let's make these changes. These changes will better the game. We'll make people enjoy it more. We'll take away negative play experiences, whatever words you want to use, you know, instead of the sticking it on a piece of paper that you now have to carry. And you have to, you know, look at how much ADD is in this country to begin this or ADHD right, is in this exactly. country it's really hard to go from one to the other and understand it. Just truly it is. And, and to stick with it, you know, and to have that stick to on that card. Anyway, I'm off my soapbox on that, but, <laughs> but, but that's the frustrations that I have when I look at old to new and the good things that this company is trying to do. That's my whole point in this is that they're actually trying to make it easier for the players. They are. Oh, I, oh I my know. God. Oh and my gosh. I wanted to give them credit for that. I genuinely did. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. So we've kind of touched on points and how it builds squads. We've touched on scenarios, but we're going to get a little bit deeper. We've touched on the ban list. We've touched on that. And we've touched on some of the rules. Now let's get to the meat of this one. Building some lists. Chris gave us some homework. And I actually did my homework for once today. 
I actually did it a couple of days ago. I was prepared for Thursday show before my wife said that she was coming back. So I am prepared for this one. So Chris, I'm going to let you take on this one because I know you wanted to touch on a couple of points before we got into them. I don't remember, but whatever. I'll figure it out. <laughs> um, you, you, did, you said you did. Yeah, so basically what we were going to talk about was like the going into list building and like how it all works, how we're looking at it how we approach it and I, I kind of asked like Fred I like challenged him once he said oh, I've made these lists like okay how did you do it did you count to 20 did you pick something like, I really want to run Vader with this upgrade what can I do with it now so I I'd, I think it's probably something to go into more after the fact and we'll just all go blind through our lists first um rather than like too much of a preamble. But yeah, like list building is completely different. Obviously, the biggest thing is you can no longer run a two-ship list. Yeah. I mean, officially maybe, rules... not big, maybe 20 points instead of 200, and a bunch of free upgrades is bigger than that, now that I think about what the words I just said. But mm -hmm. like, three to eight ship lists, and um, yeah. So who do you want to start, Ed? Who's going to start us off? Want me to go? You want to I, go? I'll go. Let me, let me go. I'll go. Yeah. Let Sean go. Yeah, I'll go. Because you, you thought I'd bring two scumless, and I didn't. So, <laughs> so throw I'm that Munch, Munch Mansion right at the start. Right at the start. So, this list is kind of a, I'm going to call it an amalgamation list just because this is the type of list I like to play. Um, the, the concept of my list for this one is. Basically, to hopefully knock people off the board and get them off of objectives for the most part. Um, you know, this isn't really a take objective style list. This is more of a uh, let's try to keep them off the objectives if possible and then try to score objectives. The one thing about objectives is it looks like you're scoring one, you know, one game point, you know, one, one point. Um, or one mission point, that's what they call it, for capping an objective. So in a sense, it's probably a good thing to try to keep them off objectives because if they cap the objective, you know, it makes it harder for you to do the same thing. So anyway, um, here is my first list. This is a scum list. This one is built out, and it uses my favorite scum, second favorite scum ship overall because both of my lists are also standard lists, which did we talk about standard? We've not touched the... on standard and extended, but yeah, extended to me is pretty much confirmed to be dead now. Like people yeah. are still holding it. Like a couple of people last night in the local group were still playing extended. That's why, like, just so you know, like, I don't plan on running extended events at the minute. Like, uh -huh. it's not mm -hmm. like the indications we're getting is that it's not like olden days of ffg were like system opens were hyperspace and the world's track was extended uh -huh. everything from the sounds of it is standard now so yeah so have extended uh, if it's gonna be a fun game but no, not even like yeah to me like but what should happen now is the value of like gunboats should just drop and plummet? Yeah. Yep. Like you shouldn't be yep. able to get a hundred dollars for gunboat anymore. It should be yeah. cheaper than a normal ship because the so, uses. 
so where we'll know where we'll know this if this is a true statement or not is when it when they release the rules or whatever they're going to use for Adepticon. That's when we'll find out what the reality of it is for tournament play. Because if they say it's standard at Adepticon, I'm pretty sure it's going to be standard all the way across the board. Um, just my guess. Just my guess. But but I'm talking about for you know yeah. the no, the. No. Uh, you know, the, I'm fairly certain it, it is standard. I thought they'd said that, but I might be wrong. I, I don't remember reading it, but like you know, I I'm not really looked because I can't afford to go. And then they look, they showed off all the prizes, and I'm really sad now. <laughs> yeah, till till the you know the the community hit on. Well, those are 2020 dice, you know, because the the picture they showed had the 2020 stamp on the dice and stuff, and what it's like. Whatever, yeah. Okay, anyway, let me get in this list. So, um, second favorite ship, it is standard legal. Um, it is my second favorite scum ship, which is the Fire Spray. So we'll start with that ship. Uh, it's Boba Fett, because if you're going to run a Fire Spray and it's scum, you're going to run Boba Fett, because if you don't, um, I feel that you're losing out. So cost is 10, loadout is 22 total points. I also built spreadsheets for this. So, so I actually have spreadsheets that make sure that I stay on track with everything. And a lot of it's just copy paste straight from their spreadsheet into mine. And I'm looking at getting access on my home computer so that I can start building out a database so that I just can pop direct populate into spreadsheets from a database. So, so one thing, just as we're doing this, that I'm going to try to do, because I find it mildly interesting, and um, I I saw um, our uh, our good friend Bob uh, was asking about something similar to this in the Fly Better Ooh. group. Might have like, got his love of X-Wing back. But basically, oh, um, Bubba Fett, from memory, was 85 points, with 22 Somewhere points in... worth of upgrades, so that would have been 107, and he's yeah. now 10. So he was like, so right now I have yeah he was eighty five yep yeah so at ten point seven points you know he, he's so you're getting a discount of like seven points here to old money yeah and I'm so. really really quickly I'm built I didn't have Yazaba but I'm building it out right yeah, now that's fine. um so what I started with with this was um um okay so we'll start with the the um whatever they call it, talent point yeah. or whatever it is. Um, I chose composure and I like composure because it is after you fail an action, if you have no green tokens, you may perform a focus action. If you do, you cannot perform additional actions this round. So if I'm trying to boost and I fail it, I can still get an action out of this because it is Boba Fett and I really want to have something going on with Boba Fett. And then, of course, with Boba Fett is the HLC, so of heavy course. laser, heavy laser cannon. The new one, because they added crew back onto Boba Fett, and this is one of the more expensive ones. This is the most expensive one that I have on my ship. I took zero zero zero, triple so triple zero. Oh, yeah. zero. At the start of the engagement phase, you may choose one enemy ship at range zero to one. If you do, you gain one calculate token unless that ship chooses to gain one stress token. Yeah. So, so I'm using some tactics here. So if I'm getting, you know, 
I'm going to try to force people to have to make a choice. And that's that's the concept there. So, the next one. I, I, just just going to interject, John, because I don't know if um, Ed knows this or not, but that was one of Jeremy Chumbalaya's cards that he designed. He did BT, um, BT1, is it? Or BT8, I yeah. can't remember what Gunner Droid is. Uh, and Triple yeah, Zero. I did the, not know that. Those, so they were Jeremy's cards from for winning um, the system open and stuff, uh, or whatever the big I can't remember celebration was it the event yeah, they held there maybe celebration yeah yeah I did um, not know that. So the next one I took was the Slave One Legal Slave One title hmm. for for three, which is um, it adds the gunner. Is it what what is that slot there? Is that the gunner slot? That it adds the dude with shooting like the yeah, Millennium it's Falcon. It's a gunner. Yeah. Um, so it adds a gunner slot, which I'm not utilizing, but it does add a gunner slot. You, you could do BT1 while... and get a combo. Right. Yeah. Um, while you perform a forward or front arc attack, if you're in the defender's rear arc, you may change one hit to a crit result. So if I'm using my regular gun instead of the HLC, I'm still potentially getting a crit across. Um, next one is I chose Contraband Cybernetics, and it's before you activate. I may spend one energy. If I do, until the end of the round, you can perform actions and execute red maneuvers even while stressed. So for Boba Fett, I think that's a pretty important piece um, with it. Um, okay. I took the missile slot, cluster missiles, just because they're cluster missiles, and I like cluster missiles. So Modif I. modification i took munitions failsafe um just because if i you know that was kind of my i had a I point have, left i had a point yep. left over and that's that's what i did and then payload is proton bomb because i love the crap out of proton bombs so, <laughs> um then i that may change you know as i go through it more that may change uh, my second ship because now you have to have three ships but this is ship number two i took crass's trellix and Ooh. so yeah. Crassus Trellix is you can perform a front arm special attack from my rear arc. So, and then while you perform a special attack, you may reroll one attack die. So my special attack will be um, HLC, I believe. Is that correct, Chris? That would um, be the special. You can't do HLC out for rear, I don't believe, uh, because I believe it's got to. Oh, sorry. Let me it's it Crassus Trellix. So yeah. it's got a bullseye arc. Yeah, so it has to be a front arc one, but you okay. like, you can give him the HLC, but that won't be able to shoot backwards. Does, could the missile shoot backwards? Uh, yeah, as long as it is a front arc symbol. Like, yeah. So from the cannons, you've got jamming beam, auto blaster, tractor beam, ion, or synced cannons. I mean, okay. Okay. Personally, well, I would go synced cannons from that, or maybe ion because it's a point cheaper. But okay, I mean you. We're, we're getting off topic now because I'm not trying to improve your list. <laughs> correct, 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 correct. Yeah, I'll, and, and like I said, that'll that'll change because of that that deal there. Uh, cluster missiles on this one. I took. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I just have to laugh because I just think this is kind of a stupid card. But uh, um, I took the Gonk Droid. Gonk. Gonk. Everyone's favorite now is in all of the shows. Yeah, yep, yeah. I, I saw like a modern gonk droid on Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. 
So, but with the gonk droid, basically you spend an energy to recover one shield. So, um, and then payload, of course, proton bomb. And then my third ship in this list is uh, Z95 Headhunter, and it's Nadru, Nadru. just be, just because it's two points and Nadru's cool. So that's kind of going to be the worker bee around the edge or or in the middle, depending upon yeah. what the situation goes. Nadru is going to be in my scum video for like the value ships because. It's one of the two-point ships that I've bought and can be a three-attack dice if you just leave him on his own like, as a yep. flanker. Like, I think there's a lot of value there. I do too, especially with the change from you know the way it was before to now. <laughs> um, my second list is a Rebel list, which... Um, and there's a reason why this list oh, exists. Uh, before you do the Rebel one, Sean, let's uh, go just do some questions on this one and try and go... We'll do the loop twice rather than once if that makes sense yep that's good yeah so i uh, did you do fire fire spray fire spray crap i've got two points left and i don't want to give it up what what's a two-point ship Is, yep was that's that exactly how i did it. that's exactly <laughs> how i did it yeah it's the you know and i did it in my rebel list too i had two points left over and basically yeah. it's the oh crap i don't want to give up two points so i'm gonna fill it with what i can yeah, which there aren't very many ships available at two points, but if yeah. you have it, you know, use it. No, that's good. That was, that was my. It's my definitely first a question. use it or lose it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, you know, why would you give your opponent two points? And then, Agreed. so I don't know. This is probably a good one, a good question for you, Sean, because of how I know you generally like to play. Did you consider just leaving some loadout value on the table just to not even for a what? second? Not that even was... for a second, Chris. Because like, one of the things for me that I've had a not a massive concern, like, it's not been a big deal, but like especially when I was looking at Republic, so I, I just don't care about spending it. This is what I want the ship to do, and I'm just not going to put any more cards for me to forget about it on there. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. So I've left, I think, in my Republic list, I might have left water on the table. But it was just... So a... So one of the things I tried to do when I was looking at loadout is to make it so that loadout had value added. Yeah. You know, if there was something that really, like, like munitions fail safe, I had one point left over, throw it on there. But it actually is functional in this list, yeah. you know. Because it, we're playing... It's got myself, so, yeah. And we're playing 12 rounds now, not time. So if I have a bad shot, you know, I get it back, basically. You know, I'd rather yeah. fire four, four effective shots than lose a shot just because of either dice or, or you know, whatever the whatever the condition is that causes No, I, I had an adv my first advanced proton torpedo shot in 2.5. Uh, was obviously a five dice attack target lock focused. I rolled two hits and three blanks, re rolled the blanks into three more blanks. And I was like, oh, okay, sad. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, if you can at that point, you would pull it back if you could. Yeah. Because you don't want to waste the shot. Right. He just evaded it. Like, he's, he's got to evade dice and had tokens I needed to push damage through. If I'd have had munitions fail safe, I would have spent it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for classics, I'm changing to auto blaster cannon. Yeah, auto blaster's good. 
Yeah, I like it. Um, any other questions? No, that was it on that list. It was just a, a couple of like just how we are kind of thinking of it and if we yeah, all it, came at it the same way or and that kind of thing. It, I don't. And I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it as if it's not out value added, I probably would have left points on the table, but everything like what I tried to choose with gonk droid, you know, it's kind of an interesting one to put on, but if I can get a shield back, you know, whether, you know, yeah, you're going to give up the half points at some point, but if I can get a shield back and keep my ship on the table an extra turn, why not have that available? You know, um, proton bombs. I just like, I like proton bombs. Um, composure, I really think is, is going to be important, you know, and it's one of those things that you may, you know, people may not see in the beginning, but because it's now a game of, you're literally playing a game to, in my opinion, you're playing a game of positioning. Yes. More than, more than jousting or having the dog fight be Uh, the most important piece. Composure is pretty good on a medium base when you're still getting used to it because it does fly very differently. I still struggle sometimes to figure out how it's going to move and where it's going to go. So I can see composure on that. But, right. And if you're not, like, I suppose if I had a point left, I would put composure on. If it, I think the problem for me from that would be if I'm doing that with too many things, like, I've got a point left, so I'll put um, munitions failsafe here and I'll put composure there. How much of that is going to be beneficial, especially because you have to remember the triggers for it. Um, but, but let me let me ask you this though. So in the old, you know, in the old version, when that point was part of your total ship point cost, that's where I see that being the most valid thought process oh, no. with this. Yeah. But, but because you have a loadout value that is has in no way, shape, or form affects the ship cost. Yeah, you've already paid for it by picking Bubba Fett. Correct, exactly. So so I can do better things like having, you know, crew zero 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 in my opinion with a one point composure than try to do something else. You know, shield up you know, I could have taken shield upgrade and you know yeah. there's a lot of lot of things. I think that, like I'm not trying to like I say it's not a critique of no, the no, list no. at all. It's just not, a, no 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 I'm I'm answering my yeah. thought process here, you know, yeah. is I can you know, there's a lot of I think I think this is going to make list building extremely interesting because because you're not giving up your list. You're not, you know, having to go to give up a ship in a list to try to put a a better or a a an upgrade card on your list. It's already intrinsic in the value, you know. So I don't have to worry about that anymore. So my goal is to maximize my list in the best way possible. One of the reasons why this is on there and I'm, you know, and we, we can go down this road, you know, one of the cards I like a lot is advanced sensor. I love advanced sensors, but they're no longer in the game, which makes me take different ships. Have it's you considered me... just crying about it and hating AMG? <laughs> maybe go to the book of faces and actually well, what, what you don't know is i you know i wrote them i wrote them a 67 page letter that i'm going to translate into a oh, YouTube no, no. Video so, that, that's not how you do it so what you've got to do is you've got to su- you've got a sub facebook post them never tagging them but just like oh I, i'm only being so negative because i want amg to see it right. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know okay. but that, that's well, well you thanks know, 
I just think I think list building will be a more interesting thing in this game now than it ever has been because now I can play the ship I want to play if that makes sense. It's interesting. What interests me about what you're saying, Sean, is that some of the complaints I've seen have like focused on oh it's, the builds are going to become solved and all I can think of is like that's just X-wing though. Like, yeah. Did we not get? Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Now. Um, the soon tier fell. Um, it was fell, redline, and was it whisper? The list that was pretty dominant at the start of two point um, where people were just dropping more and more upgrades to get it as lean as they could with like a, I think it was like a twenty three point bid or something, and it's like. Uh, this is just the best list because you've trimmed every, you've trimmed all of the fat. You've got exactly what you need, and it outputs this amount of damage. And this is how you win with it. I mean, and well, another that, thing. Sorry, well, it's, go ahead. It's not a, that, and that's not a criticism of that style of list building and the copy pasta or all of that. It's I I have no issues with that. But trying to say that this is bad because you can solve it feels strange when that. You know that's the world we used to live in. Yeah. So yeah. I. Well, I don't you know. remember an you remember you know that that great card game of Android Netrunner where basically uh, you I were you it. were yeah it was you a know, good you, game. Well, the thing about that game was though was that when you picked your corp, you were basically picking twelve to fifteen cards from what I remember of it out of that corp because you had standard builds that you had to have in to be able to win. If you were the runner or the corp, you had to build your decks a specific way and then use your points or, you know, whatever you got from your your corporation to try to, you know, enhance that deck. But the the lists were, you know, 85% already solved because if you didn't choose the cards, you weren't going to make your money or do whatever you had to do to get through. With this, you know... It, and I've seen a lot of hate on the fact that, you know, I've seen a lot of people stating that generics are dead now. But what's funny to me about generics is one of the people that stated it that I saw in a Facebook group were the same people bitching and moaning that generics were too too much in the game. <laughs> Wait, you're kidding. Yeah, you know, and I just kind of laughed no, when so I saw that. One thing, this is obviously in jest, but one thing that you got to remember is, like, and no, the the no, not like that people. It's like I want all of the ships to be viable. Oh no, not not six Nantexes. Oh, why yeah. why don't we have generics? But no, not not six Inquisitors. No, I don't want right. I don't want I don't want a disciplined Baron swarm. Not like this. Right. I, I want it to be just viable enough for me to dunk on them with my ships. Right. And like, don't get me wrong. That is exactly. I agree. I'm a big fan of where like, I don't like bids. That are bigger than mine. As long, yeah. like, as long as I have the biggest bid, bids are fine. Right, right. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of my initiative four pilots being the ace on the table. I love it when you bring initiative three and I've got initiative four. It's a lot harder <laughs> when you take initiative five, though. So I, I think that aces are a problem. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, it, and there's recognizing that mindset sometimes can be difficult. Um, this is something that all of us are guilty of to some degree. Right, exactly. 
Now I want to throw something out there because I just built this list in Yazub and stuff. And I want to make sure I got everything. Looks like I did. Okay. So my list in Yazub would have been 221 points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so now this this just goes to show that points, you know, the points don't matter. You know, it's it's how you build your list out. And to me, if you have a loadout of 22, you want to try to maximize 22. Now, if you put something on there that you're going to forget about, well, you would have forgotten about it anyway, because you wouldn't have had it on there in the first place. Yeah. And that's kind of conceptually where I am with this list building with the loadout cost is if I'm going to build it out, I'm going to build it out a hundred percent because agreed, because you never know that card that I threw on there that, you know, was a two point card may actually have something bearing in a game. You know, you never know now. So, you know, a 221 points list, I'm pretty happy with it. You know, for me, it was a lot of those cards that you would like to put on a ship, but you're like, Oh, well, I need to buy two points here or three points here to get it under. So I'm going to strip this card off of this one so that I can get this upgrade over here. Cause now I don't have points for this anymore. That's so, taken that all away. So with that said, I would have had to take in drew off my list. Right. Because it's 28 points just to get me back under 200 with eight points left over, or actually uh, more points than that left over. You know, I, I'm happy with this really quick. I want to go through my rebel list because I do not have upgrades on this because there, I conceptually have this list in my head for a reason, and I can talk about the macro side, but not the micro side of the list yet, because I got to figure out upgrades that will actually synergize with my loadouts on this list. But um, okay. I'll start with I'll, I'll quickly start with my lowest point cost ship, which is Lieutenant Blount. You went blind. Um, I was curious. Two points because it's a eighteen point list. Otherwise, yeah. I have Garvin Drees, and his ability is to... Is that in the arc, or is he, is he in the arc and the X-Wing? He's in the T-65. Yeah. Sorry. That, yeah, I think, you, I think Garvin's available in both, that's all. Yeah, yeah, he's in the T-65 X-Wing in my list. He has a five-ship cost with a 10 loadout, and like I said, I haven't loaded him out yet. But his ability is to pass the focus tokens after you've spent a focus token. So. Yeah conceptually um he's there to help others but also high impact ship he can shoot three dice at you four dice at range one he's not a bad ship overall and i can fly x-wing so the other three ships though that i have in this list are the asf 01 b wings and the three pilots that i chose is 10 num because why not he is such a good good pilot and if I should happen to um, be stressed with him, so I could K-turn, and then he allows you to spend your stress on both attacks and defense dice um, to modify your dice. My second is Netrum Pollard, and she is a- allowed to pass stress to another ship. Yeah. And then Gina Moonsong, who has a similar ability to that. Um, 10 num cost 5, loadout 20. So he's kind of the big hitter in the list. And then Netrum Pollard is 4 four and 11, and Gina Moonsong is 4 and 11. Yeah. So con- conceptually, I think this is a great list because 
these ships don't move very fast. And once you're in range of objectives, um, you can do a lot to stay in range of these objectives so, with these I, ships. I know you said you've got no upgrades now down at a minute. I do have one change for you just from exactly what you just said there. Um, because of it being relatively slow, I would consider changing in this West Point into um, Derek Kilvin because he's the two point A wing, the RZ one A wing. I have a hard time flying. I have a hard time flying A wings in this type of a list, unfortunately for me, because they don't have one straights and that kills me. So so his job in my mind is to protect you against scenario play. You just five straight to to an objective and then activate, you know, he doesn't hang around. If he never shoots, it's irrelevant. You know, just... Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, he can still take the config, so he can point his cannons backwards. Oh, no. Yeah, perfected cannon. Yeah, am I, am I, yeah, that's right. So he can still, like, you can point his cannons backwards, just run away from stuff, leave him pointed backwards, take scenario actions all the time, and uh, it doesn't matter. He's irrelevant to what everyone else is doing. Because so... for Blount, to get the most value out of Blount, you want to get other ships to within range one, but if yes. you're, I think with the, the way you're describing the list, I feel like you're gonna be engaging range three, then range two, then range one. You want with blind, I think you want to jump into range one with something earlier, if that makes sense. That so does, yeah. I, I feel like blind probably not gonna get as much value as he as is possible from him, whereas in Derek could offer you something that is a hole in the list otherwise. And look at them real quick. After you acquire a spin a lock, you may remove one red token from yourself. Oh yeah, yeah it, that does, it's, that, it's that irrele- like his his ability is irrelevant. He's just I want right. something quick that can do a five yeah. straight to grab an objective. Yeah, he's just a speed demon, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's actually a, a very good uh, a very good uh, move there. You know, you, you get where I'm coming from. Why Blount? Because if everybody's yeah. in a furball in the middle. Blount would be yeah. effective. Right. So but... when we get to my rebel list, you'll understand why I picked Blount over the A-Wing. <laughs> gotcha. But anyway, the, the concept of this list is that furball knife fight. You know? Yeah. Um, I can... Once I'm in the fight, this is going to be a tough list to beat because if, you know, if I can get to and cap, I can shoot you too. And there's a lot of firepower with these lists and I like I said I haven't built them out because I want to I want it to be a maximum you know everything to be maximized basically. I, I'm, I'm just going to go through and give you just the I don't want my opponent to have fun version of these lists yeah <laughs> yeah so you can do on those three b-wings you can do trajectory simulator and proton bombs yep um that yeah yeah so like they just I mean I wouldn't I would on ten them. I would because you have enough points, so you can fling bombs forwards at the people. But yep. because they come with the uh, the config now, I personally think you want to get cannons in there, and you can do like ion cannons on all three of them, right. relatively easily. And, and you're actually um, moving the way that I was thinking already. Um, not with the trajectory simulator, but now that you said that, that makes total sense. Um, but yes, I was going to do either auto blasters or the ion cannons, depending upon how I decide I'm going to load them out. Um, 
just because ions would be annoying as all get out for the opponents, especially small bay ship opponents. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a, a lot you can do. Like, I've got just what eight points of world out with the ion cannons fire control on the two cheap B wings. You've still got three points to play around for upgrades there. Um, yep. 10 them with trajectory of proton bombs and ion cannon. He's still got four points of upgrades to, to go. Yep. Um, Garvin, I've been a fan when I've been looking at the because there's a bunch of X wings which basically the designers obviously said, No, you can't have proton torpedo. Yes, I noticed um, that too. But they give you enough points for like a shield upgrade to make them like extra like shield or hull and then just a decent droid. So, like, if you just right. want to go regen, you could go shield and an R2. Uh, R2. You can't do an R2 with a shield on him, but you could do like a hull and an R5, or you could do shield upgrade and like someone else. But yeah, um, either thing but... that I think you could do in this one, sorry, Sean, if you've got an I5 in Gina, you could stack up some um, some swarm tactics as well. And just so, have so that was the other, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. The reason why I like this list is because I got some, I have variance and a little bit of variance in pilot skill. So, um, conceptually, my goal was to have higher, higher uh, initiative on the pilots with the fives and the fours and having consistency in there. And if I choose to fly these guys in formation, I still can which is another piece to it too, was the, the ability to, to do something like a Pixid or before you break up, before you do the first engagement or after you do the first engagement, you know, having B-Wings going in three different directions is would be a tough chase for people too. If they're just trying to gun me down, you know, I would have that ability to have variance, you know, once we're in the middle, especially. Yeah. And have, having the fours and fives was important to me. And then, you know, with with uh, Netrum Pollard and Gina Moonsong, basically, you know, force feeding 10 numb with with stress. I mean, you you just can't really beat that, you know. So there's, you know, the ability to formation fly. There's the ability to for these guys, they could actually stand on their own if 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 they need to. Uh, they're B wings, you know. They got some power and they got some some health. So that that's the other part of the list. And I think that when you're dealing with objectives, especially when you're looking at the satellite one, the one in the middle, um, you know, this is a good list for objective based play, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. I think having the A wing helps for um, the multiple objective ones, and then you just try and kill everyone or control with ion and stuff. Yep, exactly. Um, one thing I think you can do with Rebels, uh, they have a bunch of really interesting four-point uh, Initiative 5. Like you could change um, you know, the second B-Wing, is it Pollard, into Faye and Kyrell, and have an, an extra Initiative 5, so it'd be 2x, 2b, and an A. Um, but yeah, I, no, I, don't, no, I... I don't know that it's like massively different, but... Like, no, I think I, there's the, a bunch of stuff for um, Rebel where you can get interesting. Yes. I, I think the Rebels actually, in my opinion, the Rebels have a lot of 
they have a lot of granularity in them in that you can do a lot of different things with them. You know, if you want firepower, you can be a a heavy firepower list. If you want control, you could do control. You know, if you want, if you still want to joust, you could still joust with them. If you want speed, if you want speed, you could, you know, be the speed demon, you know, and just try to cap as many points and hope you can half point a ship or two. You know, that's, I really like rebels in this in the scenario play. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen a lot of people complain that rebels will be handicapped, but I don't think. I think I don't the think first we, event that they did last weekend, I'm pretty sure it was a bunch of rebels in play, but whatever. Yeah, but the you know I'm talking about you know the 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 experts of X-wing that know everything about X-wing <laughs> and never putting. And never putting a ship on the table to test what they're talking about, but know it all. So, so, so the lack of focus podcast, is that what you're talking about now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, by by the time we get together again, I'll have these the rebel list built out and yeah. then we'll we'll be able to because that's probably the first one I'm gonna play anyway when we play yeah. is the rebel list. So Okay. Uh, I think Ed should do his so we don't go rebel to rebel. So you should do exactly. one of yours, Ed. Cool. All right. So I'll take the first one that I always build in every new edition. I always decide to build so Tie Swarm Ty- coming up. Yeah. Tie Swarm. So uh, for me, it was a question whether or not I wanted to go with a six, six, six ship effective pilots or seven ship generic build. I elected to go for the six ship build. It was really kind of easy. You didn't just do eight obsidians and give your opponent like six points or whatever no 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 no. that would be silly so um and of course uh since a whole bunch of them got open talent slots that were not there before i decided to make this a crack shot tie swarm uh which i thought was going to be a ton of fun uh if nothing else so i went uh how runner uh with uh precision uh, precision iron Islands crack shot and then i had a point left over so i gave her marksmanship uh i had something very similar with aiden uh, precision ion irons gave her an ion missile because i had two points left over with her because i didn't know what else to do with it after i gave her crack shot and marksmanship uh i went with gideon with crack shot i went with delmico with crack shot and marksmanship i went with wampa with crack shot and marksmanship and then for whatever reason poor scourge was only allowed to have three loadout slots so he's the only one that doesn't have uh, marksmanship on top of it so he just ended up with crack shot I'm disappointed in you, Ed. I wanted you to give Iden Versio advanced proton torpedo and no way to take a target lock. No, 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 no. I did see that one coming out. I mean, technically she could, but no. <laughs> but you can actually get her locks from other things. Like, but that's by the by. It's okay. Yeah, but there are ways that you can get it. But like, you have a lot of, you're relying on another ship. And yeah. I don't like the idea of spending that kind of points on a ship that can't natively use it. Yep. Fine. So, obviously, the idea going, of course, with Crackshot, uh, I like precision ion en- engines on the two big ones, simply because, as we talked about earlier, that this is going to be a lot of game about positioning. And if, especially when running a TIE Swarm, if I'm happening to be like, oops, I dialed in a 3K turn and it looks like I'm going to bump, I've got a, you know, in case of glass, the emergency break glass kind of situation where I can switch it over to a Sagnar's loop, or maybe that was the plan all along so that I could end up taking an objective or getting closer to an objective kind of thing. And I really, like I said, I'm really looking forward to putting it on the table. I think for the objective-based games, it's going to do well. The only one that I'm worried about 
is the one with the single objective in the center that is basically dogfighting. I don't. So know I did want to talk. I did want to talk about that real quick. So sure, sure, go ahead. So really quick with that one with the objective in the middle, I think that that is X Wing 2.0. So that is yeah. the one scenario where remember because when we were talking about this in the beginning, we talked about quickly the scenarios that are out there, but it didn't include the dogfight scenario. Correct. I think that one is your dogfight scenario. So it's kind of like it t- when we talked about it today in the past, we thought that there was going to be correct. one of the scenarios was just going to be straight up dogfighting. It turns out that that's it, not necessarily accurate. And I think that that is the one that is going to be the dogfighting scenario is because you're going to have to, you know, basically it's going to be interesting. I think with that scenario and lists, because and, and the problem is it's only one it's only one mission that you're doing, so that's one round of play. And if you're building your list as as a, you know, kick them off the table type list, you're only going to really have an advantage in one game. Right. And then after that, it's, you know, it, uh, my philosophy is you're going to have to build a list that you can run over rocks, that you can run over gas clouds, and that you can sit on rocks and gas clouds and not shoot for turns. Well, and that was kind of my thought process, too, is you need to have some, quote unquote, chaff ships. Like your job is to go in that left corner over there where nobody else is going here and just spin around an objective and collect points. That's it. That's your whole job. For Three points. I'm okay doing that with a TIE fighter where the other ones are going off and maybe they're taking out a ship. Maybe they're not. Or the ability to be able to just fan out and grab as many in the early game and then fast enough that they can run away whenever they need to. Yeah. But we had talked about that in the past, too, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've talked about the the way that you list build or playing the dogfight game and then run away because you're still going to give up on some of the scenarios. If you run away, you're potentially giving up points to your opponent. You know, and we have talked about that, you know, before, because there was one of the things that Chris was stating to my comment about the game and about building lists to kill the other your opponent's list is that you have to look at it as objective based too because if you're pointing my three ships at one of your ships and you have six in your list that's five others to cap points exactly so that was that was the other thought process for me was along the lines of the list like tie storm's not been good for i mean not been really good for a long time it's been a fun list it always has been but it's not yeah. been a really good list for a long time and the, what my thought process is is the list that this normally would not do so well against i don't know how viable they're going to be in a quote-unquote competitive environment they're going to be really good at one scenario and the other three i don't feel that they're going to be as strong right so how often am I going to see those lists that are sold that are like the, the rock to my paper or the, you know, the rock to my scissors kind of thing. Like how often are those lists going to be viable in this environment? So that was the other thought process for me on this one. Plus the fact that damn it, I'm just a tie swarm player at heart. So of course that's the first place I was going to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I've got one for you. Ed. I've made a couple of changes. I think you'll like. Sure, 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 sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So I kept, Hell, Iden, Gideon, Delmico, Wampra, Mall. I, I changed. Oh, you went uh, to Mall? I went to Mall. I, oh, I, I, think ability, I think the ability is easier to trigger. I think it's easier to be at range one than it is to be in Bullseye. Yeah, fair. That's, fair, that's fair, my fair. reasoning for that. But then the upgrades, I just went for, I want to be a not. I want my six, three health ships to be on the table for longer. 
and if you kill me, I want it to be to your. I want you to not want to kill me. Uh-oh. So everyone who had three um, world out points got disciplined and ruthless. So okay. Marla is disciplined and ruthless. Um, Gideon is disciplined and ruthless. And, and ruthless, I might not use. You know who can say? But if I really need to um, push that damage through with my four dice range one attack. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe one of these other TIE fighters can take some damage. It's all right. Because if they die, I trigger discipline and everyone gets target locked. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, Hellrunner got Elusive and a hull upgrade. So she always gets a reroll. <laughs> debated that. I genuinely um, debated that. Iden gets Elusive, Disciplined, and an Auto Blaster Cannon. Because then if you just happen to roll a crit and aren't in arc, it, you know. It, the crits landing, well done. Um, okay. And if you do bullseye someone, it's a three dice attack, so it's upping your offense a little bit. I so think you gave you gave Iden. Hang on, double check. Elusive, discipline, hull upgrade. Only, yeah, only Hellrunner has a hull upgrade because oh, that's okay. target number one. Which is also why Hellrunner doesn't have disciplined because mm, the ship point. that's going to die first doesn't need disciplined. Got it. And then what was the what was the last one on Iden? Um, auto blasters. Ah, perfect, perfect. Oh, I see where you're going. Then okay. Del, Mi- Del Rico where... is elusive and disciplined, and Wampa is elusive and disciplined. Very nice. So as soon, so as soon as you damage them and are still near Del Mico, you get into reroll two of your evades. Yeah. And when people are dying, you get into do barrel rolls and target locks. Um. So I think that as a six ship tie swarm, I think this is probably where I would be looking. Uh, I might not do that combination of pilots, but I think that's not a bad version of the list. It's not bad. I mean, it's got... What are we looking at? We're looking at... Well, we got Womp at initiative one, but you don't really want to shoot him anyway. Got some fours and fives. I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think so. I think that's interesting. But yeah, so you were saying you watched my video first and then went and just counted to 20... So you knew you wanted a tie swarm and just went with it. Yep, I knew I wanted a tie swarm, and I went, okay. How many ships can I get in at tie swarms? Fours, fours, three, threes, threes, and threes. So it's a six ship. I had the option if I wanted to, because there are of course other options. You could go all the way down to twos, which would involve me dropping two of the name pilots to get three generics and get me up to uh, obsidians. Which is interesting that Academy Pilots, I love, I love that they did this. Academy Pilots are three points, Obsidians are two, because Academies are much better at blocking. Yeah, I like it as well. I like that it's the the middle one that's the cheapest. Yes, I agree. So that's what I went with on this one. And then my second squad was, I was going for the, okay, can I try to blow my opponent off the board? Which is going to involve Vader, of course. Now, I know I probably don't have all the, the optimal uh, upgrades, but basically it's a Vader 7 sister, and then since you can't take 5th brother anymore, oh, Chris, big sad. Big sad. I decided to do a Lone Wolf uh, Afterburner uh, Pure Savak. Just for the extra just for yeah. the extra points. And it's one of the ones I thought um, Chad would be excited for, because Pure Savak got better, I think. I agree 100%. And then okay, just to, to finish that out, it's I put Malice, and again, I probably don't have these correct. 
Uh, I've got Malice on Vader with Prime Thrusters and Ion Missiles because I had two points left over and I wasn't leaving points on the table. Never know. Might come in handy. If not, oh well. You could take... We, we've already argued that you could take Vader naked and he'd be fine. He doesn't really need them, but I do have 14 points to spend, so... Yeah. Uh, and then Seventh Sister, I gave uh, a crack shot of Malice and a Fire Control System. Yeah. There's probably a better loadout for her on that one as well. I didn't put a ton of thought into this one, but this is the one I was going to try to toy around with. Yeah. Oh, I I mean, Vader Defender is difficult because um, it. I think you list when you're running Vader Defender, it's always about Vader Defender now. Yes. So um, that was part of the reason why I went with the Lone Wolf uh, Pierce Abak because I wanted him going out there and either snagging objectives or bullying those other ships that other ships are sending out for objectives. Like if someone takes the same theory that I did, I'm going to have a couple of small point ships to just run out and grab those ones on the ends. Pure Sabacc will be there to, to light them up. Yeah. And then I'll just let Vader do Vader things. So one of the things that I was looking at, if you wanted a Vader, is X1 Vader. Ooh. 22 points of world out. I did see that. I did see that. That's a lot of points. Uh, uh, That's a lot of Vader. Yeah, I went brilliant evasion, uh, just so he's less likely to be forced up. Um, Malice. Um, I actually went targeting synchronizer, which you'll find funny later on as we get there. I I touched, I looked at that one. I thought that that would have been cool. Uh, I thought Prime Thrusters would be better. Um, just to be able to give me the more actions on top of uh, actions. Uh, this, uh, on the Defender, I agree. But um, this is on the X1. Mm. Um, then, what else? I was like, I think I just went double mods here. Is this right? Did I go upgrade, shield upgrade? Maybe Ooh. I did. Oh, no, Afterburners. I obviously put Afterburners on him because I'm not, I'm not that bad at the game. I'm like, no, oh, yeah, maybe. Well, I'm all confused now. Five points. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Whatever. Um, I think maybe I'll leave points on the table. But targeting synchronizer is the important one because then if you go to a tie interceptors, the saber squadrons have all got missiles, but no, you have to buy them targeting computers to get your target locks unless Vader gets a lock and then you just give them all homing missiles. <laughs> And our favorite, Disciplined. So now, That's interesting. Vader takes a lock, and then you go, Hi, this Intercept would like to know if you want me to roll four attack dice at you. <laughs> if not, you could just take a damage, and I'll not even roll. It's okay. Yeah, I don't even need... We don't even need to get dice involved no. in this conversation. Uh, this is one of the few times where I made a spam generic... I say spam, it's three. Three sabers with homing missile and disciplined, and then Vader with whatever you want, as long as it, as long as target targeting synchronizer is your tech swap. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, interesting. I, I, I thought that was funny. It is funny. I like it. Yeah. Um. Then so I'll do my rebel list because I said at the start of the show, and we're two hours in now that I would <laughs> talk about the actual list that I did. Um. So. I called this squad, how does Sabine have a torpedo? <laughs> so the focus of this list is that Sabine in the A-Wing, which has got a really strong pilot ability of basically a souped-up Concordia face-off and fearless built-in, um, has a torpedo slot on her A-Wing now. 
and 15 pints of load out. It's interesting, isn't it? So I gave her advanced proton torpedo, clan training, and a hull upgrade. So she's three hull, two shields. She fly, basically, you just five straight at somebody, take the target lock, and then boost forwards. And then you go, okay, well, I'm going to clan training in the engagement phase to get my focus token, and I'm going to shoot this proton torpedo at you. Can you, uh, can you survive my five dice attack? And then, because we're all in on range one, five dice attacks that just, like, wreck people, uh, we've got Derek Alden, who's a five-point rebel fang fighter from a Pride of Mandalore pack, who's another Initiative 3, so it's two Initiative 3 ships. This guy is, whenever you do a red maneuver or a red action, you get to acquire a target lock on someone in your front arc at range one. So, for example, with a fang fighter, if you were to be right next to Sabine, who just five straighted, uh, target locked and boosted, this guy could five straight, boost and then red focus, which gives him a target lock. And he also has advanced proton torpedoes. <laughs> so this is now 10 dice Yeah, I'm going to roll at you. Then, you know what? Rebels can take Fenro now. I, I heard that. I heard that before. Yeah, and his Fang Fighter. So he's got advanced proton torpedoes and a hull upgrade because he's going to five straight and then, you know, just be around. He'll target lock and sit a bit further back, whatever, it doesn't matter. Because the key here is that the other two pilots had to stress themselves, but Fen says that whenever another ship at range one to two, whenever a friendly ship at range one to two engages, or before it engages, if there's an enemy at range one of it in its front arc, you could remove a non-lock red token. <laughs> So Sabine can go, oh man, I really wish I wasn't stressed because then I could use my clan training. And Fengus, it's all right, well, I've got this. I got this. I'll take that stress for you. Or if you're not stressed, you can activate clan training first, do the red focus action, and then Fengus, no, no, it's okay. I've got you. Don't be be stressed. You want a K-turn behind them next turn, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... And then I had five points left, and I was like, oh, I've got three really fragile ships here that are charging at people. So I took Lieutenant Boynt for two points. As I said, Sean, you'd realize why I felt Boynt was more value in my list than yours. Because three of my ships are running headlong at my opponent to be at range one of them. Um, (laughs) So he's just a three-dice primary ship doing his best. Then my third ship, just because I thought this was funny, was uh, a sheaf of peed for coordinating so that Fenro can have target locked focus shots as well because he doesn't want to be shown up by his friends having target locked focus shots but not him right 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 of course yeah but then I was like oh man what about if someone kills my sheaf of peed well I've got 8 points worth of loadout so R2D2 uh, as the astromech oh, God. so he's got 3 regen for his 1 shield <laughs> <laughs> But it's like, oh man, you got shot. Oh well, I'll I'll not shoot this turn, but luckily I can still coordinate. And he just plods along behind them and just keeps coordinating Fenro. Uh, that was a plan anyway. Uh, turns out on the table, I'm terrible at the game and just fly the sheaf of Pete away from my entire list. And make <laughs> so it's like not coordinating, just getting wrecked, being an idiot. Um, this list was a lot harder to play than I actually thought it was. The opening engagement is fine because you just generally get at least two advanced protons or at least one advanced proton and a couple of shots. I, I annihilated Rose in the 
in the pod in like one round of shooting and just just take her off there's no point she's dead don't worry about it um <laughs> but like it even that it wasn't even the entire list it was blount shooting and dirk shooting his advanced proton and it's like yeah okay you're not surviving that just take her off um but yeah it's very aggressive it's got a bunch of fast ships to try and get around the table to control objectives and i think it does well in the dogfighty one because it joists pretty well if you can get a red one but i really I struggled with the synergy of keeping everything where it needed to be to work so i i hate bringing things back to to 40k as i often do but when going into list building for 40k list you always tend to have like okay these are going to be my objective parkers these are the ones are going to be sending out there and collect objectives these are going to be my long range shooters these are going to be my like like th there are roles Archetypes. that you right archetypes that, you yeah. should, that take place in each general. i'm curious to see if list building starts going into something like that oh well you gotta have at least one or two objective mark markers like those are the ones that are gonna go fly out and grab objectives like like a good standard x-wing build always has two quick ships that that's their whole job is to go out and grab an objective and run with it i'm kind of curious to see if that's how we start falling into list building i i think that that would be a reality if objectives weren't just one point each so if capping an objective now you're looking at it over 12 rounds of course but if and most scenarios have multiple objectives right and uh, if if objectives were three points two points one point then i could see the archetype building being more important but i still think the dogfight building is going to be because you're going to get the most points effectively out of half points right off the bat than you will capping objectives. So what I one thing that I think is pretty relevant to that is if you can build a list for right, just making sure I'm thinking of this right, three of the scenarios have got five objectives on the table. Correct. So if you can yes. build a list that's going to get you three to one advantage, remember it's it's a race to twenty. It is. Right. On turn four, you can be at twelve without having fired a shot. If they're so, playing, if they're playing a different game than you, yes. Yeah, oh, that's it. But it's if you can build a list that's going to get you that objective advantage, then all you have to do is if you if you kill one, even a four point, if you've killed one four point ship, you're at sixteen points in turn four, and it the pressure's on then because. Like, do you if you leave me alone, next turn I'm at nineteen points. Yeah, right, right. And that's turn five. I'm one turn away from winning, and you've got you know what I mean. So mm -hmm. I do think that what Ed's saying holds some merit. I just don't know what it looks like yet. <laughs> right, neither do I. Like, I'm throwing out my first my first thoughts on this is one yeah. archetype being one or two ships out there specifically for the role of going out and collecting objectives. There are going to be other objective well, clearers for example, that are going to often blow those ships off. Like, I built that exactly in my list. I picked Pure Sabacc for specifically for a reason of having Lone Wolf and being out there being like, if there are those ships out there that I'm just going to fly to this objective and go and take it, he's there to handle that. Because my guess is that those are going to be cheap, small point, small hull, small shield kind of ships that are just there to just sit on an objective, which I can then take. At worst well, case scenario, I can contest it. Best case scenario is that I can kill it. Well, I just I just build a list with three B wings for that purpose alone. Yeah, yeah, yours are a little bit beefier objective markers. I'm not gonna lie. No, no, that's it. 
But the the thing, the way you've got to then look at playing against Sean is if you can beat him to those objectives, can he catch you afterwards? And like, there's a no, I get that. Of, I, get, I, yeah. I get that. There's a give and take in the game. Yeah, and uh, this is what yeah, I there's... find interesting about a list building at the moment is it's all unknown. So right. we don't we don't know. Maybe maybe it is more rock paper scissors, which we all enjoyed initially of like that old 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 concept of swarms, turrets, and aces. Right. No. Maybe but I, I think we're closer to that now than we ever have been. Maybe I don't know. Does maybe. this bring? Hey, the question I do have is: Does this bring turrets back in the game? I don't know that this brings turrets back in. It. I'll tell you what I do think brings turrets back in the game, and I, this is one for Ed to look at again. Um, just gonna change it here. So let let's have a quick look at a VT forty nine decimator with Ooh. Rear Admiral Shiranu. Good old good old times. Right, how many points was Shiranu in old money? Let's have a look. I haven't seen him so, run in so long. 75 points, so 7.5 in new money. is currently 9, so 90. You're getting 10 points of extra value. Yeah. Because he's got 35 points of ward out. Yeah. I, 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 I'm beyond, I don't know what to spend it on. I literally like you. You have to if you're going to spend it on him, you're going to have to beef him because you have to make him survive as long as possible. Because you're going to get half points on a nine point ship. You're going to get. I'm I'm an idiot. Sorry. So he was seventy five points before. Yeah. Then if you put thirty five points of ward on him, that's not ten points of value. That's twenty. He would be a hundred and ten points. He's now nine, which would be ninety. You're getting yeah. twenty points worth of free upgrade. But he's also he's also one quarter of the way. If you take him off the table, he's one quarter of the way on half points, and almost yeah. halfway to your objective amount. And because he doesn't roll defense dice, I mean, oh, I I agree, Sean. I, I don't think you're you know, wrong. But you I, know, yes, he's a he's a hunk of ship, but he's. So so when I look at like him, I look at my list, and if I can rack up two hits out of the four big ships in my list on that ship, well, I've already half pointed him. Right. So, right, so taking that example before, if if you can get the objective advantage against a list with Shirinu, then you can win on turn four because you kill Shirinu right. turn four, which isn't right. beyond like what twelve to sixteen shots roughly to kill a reinforced decimator. It seems like a reasonable take, given right. that it's going to be like summit range three, blah blah blah. Um, but you're going to have had that probably. So yeah, you could win on turn four. Like I mean, obviously that that's that's the worst, like most disingenuous statement ever. Yes, you could win on turn four, Sean. I mean, you could win on turn well, one because you... I deploy all my ships backwards and fly off the table, you know, but. But you know yeah. what I'm you know what I'm driving towards without me yeah. going to stupid extremes. I mean, extremes. you know, one of the things is is that if you're looking at distances and stuff, you know, you're speeding out to one or two objectives most likely on on turn one. That's what you're going to get turn one. You're not going to get all four or five. You're going to get one or two on turn one just because of distance in the game. You know. Because you're putting rocks out, then you're putting the center one, and then you're putting the other ones out. Well, hopefully you're putting your two out that are most advantageous to you, 
and your opponent's putting the ones that are the most advantageous to them to get turn one points. After that, though, it's a free-for-all. You know, it becomes a scrum in the middle after that. And that's the way that I see it anyway, you know, yeah. with the way that things designed. Is that it's just you're scrumming at that middle, and you have to be able to survive the knife fight in the middle to be able to cap objectives. Yeah. That that's just that's the way that I see this game because when Ed goes back to his 40k concept of of you know if I'm gonna if I'm trying to cap an objective I'm putting my heavy intercessors on that objective so my heavy intercessors are in the list because of that objective capping and because they're hard to kick off an objective they're hard to kill and take off the objective and that's kind of what you have to look at in this game now is that same concept that you would have in 40k when you're building are you going to be able to, is there a ship out there that is truly strong enough to be able to withstand two or three turns capping objectives without dying you know and and you know of course you don't factor in lucky dice you don't factor you know sure, roll, sure. rolling in the triple natties cuz that's just the the minutia of the game as it goes See, it's it's interesting your thought process on that one because mine was, and I get, I I totally do understand. You're right. Like having those heavy B wings sitting on an objective are going to be pretty hard to knock off. But how many can they hold? Whereas if I have multiple ships out there, my three to your one, like sure I can't knock you off, but that also means that you're not knocking me off of three other objectives. But I'm also have other ships that sure sure have the firepower and the thing I'm looking at it is the firepower to be able to knock you off. And if I do put, uh, you know, ion cannons on those things, now I can slow you down. If I can get hits through, you know, now I'm controlling the game like you used to with the Academy pilot in the game, you know, now I'm controlling, you know, so I think the, the archetype builds are going to be so much more, so much more, um, intricate you know because you're going to have that speed that chris is talking about let's go out and get them you know if that a-wing never shoots a shot that's great you know or you can have the way that i look at it where let's get some beef out there and firepower and see if we can control the center you know b-wings are kind of like sherno in a way where they are kind of limited just because of the one defense die and then you're looking at tie fighters because a you have speed and b you kind of sort of have staying power with them if you have average dice you know taking a taking a tie six tie fighters is a tough one to, to kill you know that's a tough amount to kill so you know chris has a different way of viewing it and and i think that chris is 100 percent correct it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting seeing what comes of this you know what actually what are we going to see at Adepticon? That's what my question is. If this is how the game is going to be played at Adepticon, what are we going to see? Are we going to see, you know, are we going to see variants or are we just going to see the same static crap that you see at most tournaments where archetype X or Y wins the tournament because it's just the best archetype? One of the things you're going to see, I think, when you're looking at this is you're going to see a lot more high initiative pilots because you want to shoot first you want to move last and shoot first because you know it's going to be that wait and see what is my opponent doing i need to if i can get up there you know i need to knock him off before he knocks me off that type of thing and i think it's going to be interesting 
I, I agree to a point. Hmm. If it were, if I had to guess, and again, I'm not in the competitive ranks, so like take every yeah. word that comes out of my mouth with a grain of salt. If I had to guess, I would think it's going to be more mixed squads. I think that you're right in the fact that you're going to have, but that, that's why I'm, I'm falling into this archetype that you're going to have that one high initiative pilot skill uh, for the reasons I want to be able to shoot first. But I also think that you're going to have your other roles taken up by other ships. Now, whether that's objective camping because I can sit there and you can't knock me off, or I have a bunch of small ships and they're going running out and grabbing multiple objectives that you can't go out necessarily and kill all of us all at once kind of thing. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I don't think that lists six months from now are going to look the way that lists looked the way they before. I, I, I think those days are, are long gone. I think lists six months from now will be different anyway, for, even from what we're talking about tonight. Because there'll there'll be refinement in the game, you know. As you go, the game gets refined, lists get refined, things like that. You're gonna you're gonna find the min max in this, and it's gonna do just like every other every other X wing version has done, where it's gonna fall into an archetype. And you know, we don't know what's gonna happen when when the Razor Crest releases or all these other ships release, and and what AMG is putting out there for us. You know, what what is the game gonna look like? once amg's ship designs start hitting the table yeah because the other good thing and the other maybe bad thing is the good thing to me bad to others maybe is you're going to see i think the ban list uh fluctuate so i think that they're going to see that all their playtesting that they've talked about with the being you know like the slave one title where you can change the dials or change your positioning or advanced sensors aren't going to have that much of a difference once the min max and once the game hits that center line, you know, once the Paul Heavers and the, you know, and, and the Howards and all these high level players start really dinking and dunking with this stuff, the European players, the UK players, you know, you're going to see it. I think the game will fall into what 1.0 and 2.0 fell into where there's going to be lists that just maximize the game and six months from now when you hit world's time it's going to be different than you're going to see at adepticon it'll be interesting it's exciting that's not if nothing else i'm super excited the game has to evolve no matter what the game has to evolve so that's what you have to you know have to look at in this is the game will evolve and then we'll see what happens i'm i'm excited to see the game i'm excited to watch games and see how players play the game with these with the new rules too you know this isn't just we're talking about scenarios and objectives you have a lot of new rules that exist out there you know the other question we haven't seen yet is are tournaments still timed games or is it a 12 round game and i'm going to be honest with you and i will say this to amg directly you need to keep a time game in place I mean, yeah, I was wondering about that. I'm fairly that. sure that they've said that um, on stream. I, that I don't, I haven't really, seen it. I mean, I've, I, my memory is pretty vague. So I think it was one of like, the first things he addressed was that, like, of course, for OP, like, you need to have some form of timekeeping as well. Yeah. But, like, but again, I, I do have a question. <laughs> does, does time affect, does time affect scenarios then? And and this is just a question I'm asking. No, because... you're, you're, so, you're getting to good questions. I, 
I think I, I've got a different conversation. I think we could have just to move move us forwards and start getting towards closing the show late. It's getting late yeah. for Ed, I know. Um, like my gut as a TO a minute tells me that I was already planning on my minimum number of rounds changing from three to four, so that we play every scenario once in a standard event. Which is fine for me because of the numbers of players I generally have. That's a roundabout where we'd be anyway for like mm-hmm. the correct round number. But I also feel like um, I might run a different timer for each mission. That's an interesting because I'm. I feel like uh, the area control just whoever's got the most ships near ends quicker than the dogfight one, for example. So I'm not. I I do not have any factual basis for any of this. It's just simply my gut and how I uh, what because I've obviously I'm going. I've said to the people I'm going to run an event. We're going to kick off the third Saturday of every month event because like we're reopening in March anyway. So March nineteenth in Calgary, we're going to be having a casual tournament, um, and I'm kind of bouncing around ideas for how I want to do it, which is why I've not posted anything online about it yet. But like that's where you have I'm, now. Yeah. But not as in like, but that's where I'm at in my headspace. It's like if if it's playing quicker, I could probably go to four rounds, but then I play and it's like, oh maybe maybe it depends what mission it is, how long it takes to play. Maybe some take like maybe I give the create one like five minutes extra setup time and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It, so yeah, I, I get it, and it, not only setup time, but potentially maybe ten more round, you know, minutes in the round or something. You know, yeah. I mean, that that's the difficult thing for me because if I were a TO, I would hate this if I'm looking at it from an overall um, streamline process. Because you got to remember, what was my number one focus? It was ninety minutes around. Total. Mm-hmm. Total from setup to end. Setup to the next round starting from from the next next postings for the next round pairings was ninety minutes, and you saw that if you were at you know Nova Open whatever year I ran it, that's exactly what it ran as. I mean it was these it was the culmination of everything I had done up to that point, and it literally ran to the point where the stream was actually slowing us down and not the to which was usually the opposite you know and that would be a tough thing for me as a to um because if you have to give and take on that 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 makes it a little more difficult you know and are there you know one of the things that was different too is fantasy flight had a sliding scale with tournament rounds you know if there were x amount of players it added more rounds you know more players more rounds and if amg sticks with four rounds and your tournament's over well then what's you know what's the stratification you know how do you how do you get this this is where my brain starts to fail in trying to even come up with how to articulate this but if you're looking at a tournament a major tournament and you have four scenarios so you have four rounds how do you determine winners? Because if you have a hundred and whatever it is, 20, I can't remember the breakdown. Anymore. Uh, so I can tell you what my current plan is. If you want, Sean. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, so I'm planning on doing straight wins, losses, obviously. 
Um, yeah. But there's a chance you're not going to have a clean winner. Then I'm literally just going to do um, points differential. So like 20 to 17 would be three points or minus three points. Yeah. Then my second tiebreaker is going to be points scored. So you're going to use like a modified MOV then? Um. Well, yeah. Because because that was the whole point. That was the whole point of MOV was because but, strength of schedule was so imbalanced. Because but, if a player if a player quit, you had strength of schedule became imbalanced because you weren't getting credit for that player's uh, wins. I think we've had this conversation oh, in the past. Too many times. Yeah. But too yeah, many like, times. the reason I'm more comfortable to do it that way at the moment is because it isn't all about like margin of victory in a dogfight where you it's whoever just kills the most feels weird because you can just run away to try and preserve MOV and you're like locked into the game. Yeah. But when there's other ways of scoring points, it feels more natural to do it that way. And I so agree with that. That's why I'm more happy to do it that way. Like I'm a more of an advocate of strength of schedule in a true Swiss format, but given that it's going to change. If I was running a bigger event, like if I was going to run anything above like 12 to 24 players, I'd just run a graduated cut. Everyone at a given number of wins makes a cut and then it's single elimination. And that's where you could pod it out then too. Yeah. You know, you could do a three-round pod and then the pod winners go to cut because yeah. that's your easiest way to do it in this scenario. I don't like. I mean, you're talking about huge, huge events over like multiple days. Well, and, and, stuff and like that, but like. yeah, yeah, and and I get where you're coming from, Chris, because you're looking at it as a local event. You know, well, you're a I, local event to. I don't. I think that when we get to something that's like a real event, that they're going to have come up with something of their own anyway, and I won't have to make it up. But for me, if <laughs> I need to make something up, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, well, right. they have what they have what three weeks before they have to figure their crap out. But I'm anyway. sure they know what they want to do and all of that anyway. Uh, I'm sure. I, I I agree. No, I'm. I this isn't a criticism, Chris. It's just. Oh no, I didn't. I wasn't taking it that way. And it's it's more one of those like, and this is very different for me compared to the two of you because I live in Alberta. Like the there isn't any X wing support for us up here because the country's so big. Like it, it's part of that argument about is worlds really worlds? Like yeah. all of them. Yeah. Like for me, I could travel to one regional and it took me seven hours to get there. Ed could probably travel to a regional every weekend for like six weeks, seven weeks, probably with, without leaving is like without driving for more than three hours. Yeah, yeah, like, that's true. It, the 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 discrepancy in that in that and then like. Europe, if you're in the UK, it's probably similar. If you, you know what I mean, there's all of those factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I have a very different view because the outlook I have is different. The way I try and structure my TO talk when I'm doing it in in this show in this format is more geared towards the people who are going to run something for their local club, which I guess is between like four and 25 people kind of thing that's like once you get above that level you do need more structure and organization but that's where i give my general back and forth advice like that 
anything yeah. outside of that, I would caveat it to be different, if that makes any sense. Nope, 100%. Because, for some, you know, that's, in, in unfortunately, my brain is still stuck when it oh, comes no, I get to that. Or, organized play on the you, large You event. probably ran more events that were above, like, 60 players than other people have run any event. So, yeah. yeah yeah i would yeah. i would agree that i've had a few you know it, and that's the thing for me because you know it's we're at a point where the community needs to know and i know that they know what they're doing it's just you know now how can they execute that you know how can they get it out to people so people understand it next you know because you have the first event is what three weeks away you know a little four weeks away at yeah. adepticon and then you kind of go from there <laughs> you know and, you know, I am interested. I don't really care because I'm not going to play in the tournaments, I don't think. I will rejoin our local scene for the, you know, the organized play locally. I will rejoin that now that now that everything's defined, you know, I can build lists and have fun, you know. Yeah, and I think that's the important part. Overall, get out, play some. Whether yep. we're doing the highly competitive stuff or not, I think it's going to be... I think these problems are going to be anywhere, everywhere as far as as far as how the game is played. Scoring, yeah, if I'm just pick up a game, that's okay. But yeah. I am kind of curious. You are right. They're going to have to have something official here in a few weeks so that they know how to run their own events. And I pray to God they have software. Because <sighs> trying to hope... do, try to do a large event by hand it would be nearly it'd be tough. Oh, if, all, you know? if only like someone would make some software and save us all yeah yeah tom you know. tom's where it's at i want tom back hey you oh, know what i i was listening so, to Biodex commercials in my head <laughs> so so the best part is so i got on my google drive the the other day and i still have the original tome that they sent me truthfully i'm not joking yeah. i no, have i i think i, I still have, got it on one of my computers somewhere at work yep but. no i still have the jar file that they sent me yeah <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I don't have to worry about it, so I'll be running mine off just off an Excel spreadsheet. And oh, yeah. um I'll, I'll need to work out if I can like get a an auto don't per people together who've already played thing. But yeah. again, the numbers I'm worrying about, it's not gonna be an issue. So. No, 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 no. You can do those by hand. Yeah. You know. And you you could do it with a bracketed tournament too if you really wanted to. I still think the best way of doing stuff is um, like double elimination, but no one has time for that shit. <laughs> no, it, for small tournaments, I think the absolute best way is bracket it, bracket and, you know, random seating, and then you bracket it, and then winners stay in the winner's bracket, losers drop to the loser's bracket, you know, and you get four rounds of play out of it and you're and good. Generally I've been really lucky in events I run, people tend not to drop anyway. So it's never really an issue. So I don't need to run in like double elimination tournaments anyway, but that's how yeah. I would solve the, uh, the issue of, uh, of people complaining that people drop, but like double elim realistically, the reason why that doesn't work is because seeding's relatively important for double limb events. That is yes. that, that, and the fact that, Double elimination creates other issues. With, it takes forever. It does. It's time consuming, you know, because you got the guy that goes O2 and they're done, you know. So you're going to have a round of of one and O's and O and ones, and then you're going to have the one and ones O2. They're done, you know. 
the two O's drop down, or keep going. The one O, one O become one ones. And now the one ones have to, uh, yeah, you know, con- I, I collaborate. I, and, yeah, no, I'm just, you know, in my head, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell that would look like because that would be a beast. Uh, you, uh, that's something I would do at a convention where there's other stuff to do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, if you win this game, you need to be here at this time for this game. If you lose this game, you need to be there at that time. Yep. Uh, yeah. No, so I agree. We're, we're brushing like two hours, 40 minutes, which after I truncate silence is probably still going to be over two, two hours, 20. So I reckon we're getting to a point where we should wrap it up. Okay. Sounds good. Next episode we're going to go through and do some gameplay put some actual practical application i intend to run at least one of the lists that i came up with today i may steal so, chris's data list because it's hysterical what i what i would suggest if we can and i'll make myself more flexible to be able to do this but i think we should definitely try and play pre-show so we can do it as a segment of this is the mission this is what we thought about it beforehand then we played got these results and this is what we think about it now sure sure because if we try and play whilst we're doing it i feel like it's gonna well, be the, less value yeah it'll just be a tangent show anyway yeah but um i'll we'll chat about that offer and try and get a time where we're, we can all actually meet up and play even if it makes uh, a monday night thing being pushed around somewhere or whatever i'll kill you all <laughs> Next, this week on Strad, so that next Monday we can just play X Wing instead. Sounds good. There we go. Sounds good. I'm surprised we're still alive at this point, to be honest. Me too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was everything from me. Um, I don't. I think we kind of got what we wanted for squad building. We all had some ideas, so yeah. Hopefully, it was an interesting show. We'll see. I thought it was interesting. I had fun. All yep. right, so we'll do all the closing stuff. Uh, Sean always good to hang out with you yeah it's good to be here and i'm sure chris you have some house cleaning you'd like to do before we go uh yeah i wanted to thank all the patrons again um thanks to alan who's looking at the um the temple uh, not the templates the um lack of evade tokens for us uh it's going pretty well so we're moving forward there um thank you to everyone who's donated and everything like that um, I say again, just because I know that I like to reiterate it a little bit. Um, please, 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 if there's anything that you could use the money for that's going to be better, like make sure you adjust in the levels, make sure it's all at the right point. I'd much rather um, you guys are doing okay. I know living, being alive at the moment is getting more and more expensive just because of the nature of the world. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, supporting us when we're not going to go anywhere we'll still be around i i I appreciate the support it is a giant help but please make sure it's not costing you anything you're not sacrificing to do it if that makes sense but that said if you do want to chuck us a dollar a show or whatever like that you could support us on patreon at wacker focus podcast on patreon if you'd rather do just a fixed monthly amount you can support us on uh, a dice hate patreon if you want to send us any messages, you can send it through Facebook at Lack of Focus Podcast, or you can email us at Lack of Focus Podcast at gmail.com. The best way to have an interactive relationship is to jump into Discord. 
uh, there was a bunch of conversation going on in there. Uh, for X-Wing, I know someone jumped in asking for some time to play Squadrons as well, uh, which was a bit Ooh. of a, a, a fun moment. But the, the link to all of that is always in the show notes. You can watch this VOD over at the Dice Hate YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. I'm sure I missed something, as I always do. But, you know, because I don't map write a script out for this closing You've done it 97 times. I'm surprised it hasn't been committed to memory at this point. Like, literally, you have done this 97 times. I've done it more than 97 times. I believe we actually have, like, 120 episodes out on the podcast stream now. We're well over 100. It's just that they're not all official numbered shows. Correct. All right. Fair point. Fair point. All right. So that is going to do it for this one. Do appreciate everyone turning in. And of course, we're going to be looking into some fun gameplay and submission plays on the next episode. So until next time, guys, as always, fly casual. Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all the latest episodes. And we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.